ringside by golly, we're about ready to go with more big action. Thank you very much, and welcome to Georgia Championship Wrestling. I'm Gordon Soley, your host, and we have quite an hour in store for us. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Championship Wrestling at ringside. This is Vince McMahon, along with wrestling's only living legend, Bruno Sammartino. Welcome to this week's edition of Mid-South Wrestling Television. I'm your host, Boyd Pierce, another outstanding card. Hey, guys, and welcome back to another edition of the Regional Wrestling Podcast, where we talk the territories. That's right, 100% guaranteed territory talk each and every time out here on the show. And I'm your host, Ray Russell. And this week, guys, we head back to Georgia Championship Wrestling 1981 with guest Jamie Ward here in just a few minutes. This week, we head back. We look at the final week of house shows in the month of June in 81. And then it's off to a very special Independence Day, 4th of July edition of Georgia Championship Wrestling on TBS. Plus, I went back. I found a third version of the prior week's TV from June the 27th. Got all sorts of new sound bites queued up there, guys, to set up the matches for the Big Omni show. So talk about sound bites galore. If you guys are into the promos, and I know most of you are, get ready for a very promo-heavy week here on Regional Wrestling. Is me and Jamie going to break it all down? Going to go back to June 27th, talk about some of the promos leading into the Omni, and then, of course, more promos here for July the 4th. And then, as I mentioned, we're going to close out the show by dissecting the Omni card July the 5th at the Omni in Atlanta as the NWA champion Dusty Rose, the Mac and Dream, baby, defends his title against his good friend, Ted DiBiase, but friendship out the window, as this one's going to be all business, if you will. Also, we're going to be looking at the brand new tag team of Terry Gordy and the Superfly, Jimmy Snuka. Jay Youngblood continues to vow Indian revenge. Wildfire Tommy Rich looking forward to that return matchup against the new Georgia heavyweight champion, Ken Patera. It's Bruiser Brody and Blackjack Mulligan in a return no disqualification, no countout match this time around at the Omni. And big nasty Angelo King Kong Mosca in action here this week on the program. And before we get going, just a friendly reminder that you guys can listen to the Regional Wrestling Podcast and our sister shows like the Wrestling Memory Grenade, currently covering the 1988 and the WWF Project, heading into WrestleMania 4 over there on the Grenade. Also, you can listen to the Wrestling Stoop with the legend himself, Bob Roop. Bob goes back in time and talks about his 20-year career in the wrestling industry, both in the ring as well as behind the scenes. Also coming to the brand, it's the Pearl Wrestling Academy podcast with the Professor Pearl Raisu himself, Mr. Dan Janetti. So happy to announce that Dan is joining the brand as he breaks down the history of Japanese professional wrestling. And you can listen to all of those shows and more, all part of the WrestleCopia podcast network located over at WrestleCopia.com. That's WrestleCopia.com and anywhere your podcast streaming needs are met from Apple to Spotify, Pocket Cast and beyond. And be sure to follow me on social media, guys, for all the latest goings on here at the WrestleCopia podcast network. Plus, I'm constantly adding old school video clips and pictures from throughout wrestling history. And you can find me over there on X, formerly Twitter, at Wrestling Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Also, follow and like me, Facebook.com slash Wrestling Grenade. Over 9,000 followers over there on Facebook and counting. And hey, while you're at it, why not subscribe to my YouTube channel, guys? YouTube.com 
slash wrestling grenade. If you guys have been paying attention, you know I've been adding the Memphis shows along with the episodes I drop with Gene Jackson, Steve Crawford. You know I've been dropping the UWF shows with the shows I've been doing here with Roman Gomez. Well, by August time, guys, here with Jamie Ward in Georgia, we're going to start dropping the Georgia shows as often as I can on my YouTube channel as well. And hey, some of the more recent July episodes also been going up lately there on YouTube. So check it out. And last but certainly not least, now would be a fantastic time to become a WrestleCopia patron. And you can find me over there at patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. That address again, patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. And of course, I'm bringing to you guys that $5 all-access tier. Gets you all sorts of gifts for just 5 bucks, including all of my insanely detailed show notes for every episode of The Grenade, Monday Warfare, and of course, the Regional Wrestling Podcast. You'll also get early access to many of the podcasts here on WrestleCopia, where you can listen days and sometimes as much as a week earlier than the rest of the listeners. In fact, episode 38 of Regional Wrestling dropped five days early. Episode 39 of Regional Wrestling dropped one week early. And this episode right here of Regional Wrestling dropped a week early also, only on Patreon. But I'm not done. You'll also get remastered versions of the earliest episodes of The Grenade Show covering the 1989 NWA project. Includes enhanced sound quality, plus new content and conversation never heard before. But that's still not all. You also get digital downloads for your viewing and reading pleasure. And of course, the Patreon-exclusive watch-along series covering many past WWF and WCW events. And there's even random bonus video drops from time to time. And of course, you're going to want to be part of the upcoming video casts. Watch along with us as we cover many past wrestling events for the United States, Japan, and beyond. No stone left unturned, including Grunt the Wrestling Movie coming very soon. Thanks to co-host Gene Jackson with that one. So it's going to be a fun time over there on Patreon. And you get all of that for the low, low price of just $5. No subscription. Cancel any time. Give it a try for a month. I think you'll like all the content that we offer, and every penny of it goes right back here into paying the bills to keep the WrestleCopia Podcast Network and all of the wonderful shows here up and running for the months and the years to come. All right, guys, with all of that out of the way, time to jump back into the time machine. Punch it in on your DeLorean back to 1981 for more Georgia Championship Wrestling. All right, and uh, before we get started, of course, we've got to bring back our very special Georgia Championship Wrestling co-host. He is the man with a plan and a hell of a Philly cheesesteak finder. I got to get out there. Welcome him back once again, Jamie Ward to the program. Jamie, it feels just like a couple minutes ago we were recording another show. It does feel like that. <laughs> I mean, by the time we get done recording, it, the anticipation to get to the next recording it's just so much. It just feels like we picked up where we left off, right? It's likely because we're in the summer of 1981 in Georgia Championship Wrestling, the George Scott era for the moment, and it's just so much great stuff going on. We've seen the return of the masked superstar, Superfly Jimmy Snooker, now here teaming with Terry Gordy, Dustin Rhodes, the new NWA World Heavyweight Champion, Ken Patera, the new Georgia Heavyweight Champion, 
Lots going on here as of late since George Scott took the book. Yeah, and a lot more is, is going to happen. I mean, the month of July that we're about to get into is going to be a, a big transitional month. Uh, we'll get a clearer view of what George Scott is all about and what Ole Anderson's going to do when he eventually takes over. That's right. And last episode, we closed up around June 26th or thereabouts in the results. So we're going to pick up here June 27th, Carrollton, Georgia at the fairgrounds. Jamie, it's Abe Jacobs in town over Mike Fever. It's Iron Mike Sharp then teaming with Abe Jacobs, defeating the team of Jim Duggan and Gypsy Joe. Superfly Snuka over Iron Mike Sharp. And in the final match of the night, Ted DiBiase scoring a win over Terry Gordy on a DQ. DiBiase said he wasn't done with Gordy yet, so we're seeing those matches make the rounds. We're, we're kind of getting a, a payoff, even though it's after the fact. Yeah, a little late, but it works. But the highlight here for me would have been Abe Jacobs winning back-to-back <laughs> matches. I was hoping you were going that way. To say Abe Jacobs is a George Scott guy, I, I would have to think. Uh, I bet he has a George Scott t-shirt. He was ahead of the curve. <laughs> a Byron Scott t-shirt. How about that? Byron Scott. We're talking real people now, aren't we? Yeah, Byron's the son of George Scott, the referee Byron Scott. Oh, oh, I thought you were talking about the Byron Scott from from the show Real People that was on oh, about this time. Sorry, that 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 had. Oh, you're you're young. You, you don't remember that show, did? I didn't watch that show. I do know a ton of shows from that time frame, though. But you never heard about Real People. I'm familiar of the name of the show. Yes, <laughs> I don't. I, I never watched the program. They actually on Real People. I think it was Memphis that they uh, they went to the one time, and the real person from America that they went and like interviewed and everything was this old lady that was ringside for the matches. I think it was at Memphis Coliseum every month. Wow, okay, that's and that, that that's what the show was. It would go all across the U.S. finding normal people and like telling their story, and one of them was. The Memphis wrestling fan, or it might have been, I forget if it was Memphis or it was Mid-South. But anyway, also Ralphie from Christmas Story came from that show. Oh, wow. Okay. That's pretty cool. And I, I believe believe one of the hosts was uh, Byron Scott, along with the lady that played the Incredible Hulk, Bill Bixby's ex-wife on The Incredible Hulk. Wow. And it's something new every day. I'm gonna have and to I'm escaping. To... She was also the Kodak lady, but the name is escaping me at the moment. I didn't prepare for this uh, little <laughs> sidewire we're having. That's all right. I didn't either, but I have to go check this show out now on YouTube. Hopefully some of the wrestling ones are on there. I'm very curious as we continue on June the 27th. Also, Chattanooga, Tennessee, the Memorial Auditorium. It's Ted Oates battling French Angel to a draw. Robert Gibson over Ken Timms. Ted Oates again teaming this time with brother Jerry Oates. The Oates boys defeating French Angel and Mighty Yankee. Wait a minute. I thought Frank Morrell was the French Angel and the Mighty Yankee here. So that's most peculiar. Wow, that that's interesting. How how could he be two people at one time? Yeah, well, he can do a lot of things, but that's not one of them. Maybe, maybe they snuck Ke- uh, Ed Timms under the hood for that one. Oh, I shudder the thought of Ed Timms uh, having to work a Chattanooga show. Who knows, though? But it is the Oats Boys coming out on top there. And and here we go. Well, go ahead. Let's finish it. Then I have a comment to make. Sure, absolutely. We're going to close out the night. Steve-O, the national champion, defeating Brian St. John. And in the final matchup, it's Georgia heavyweight champion, Ken Patera, defeating the former champion, Wildfire Tommy Rich, on a disqualification. Now, I'm forgetting if we, you know, with my Alzheimer's setting in early here. Sure. If we touched on this last show or not, but it's a shame to see what is happening to Chattanooga. I mean, when we sure. started this back in covering in, in January of 81, all the way up through March, Right. That was their Saturday night stop. Yes. 
and they were having hot shows. And look at this lineup. Yeah, it's it's not bad, but it's not what it was. It, it's not what it was. No, I'm it was sure like, it, it was like an omni. Decently. It was like an omni light card prior. Chattanooga and Columbus, Ohio, they were really pushing hard. Columbus, especially, I got to say, they went out of their way the, to headline those shows uh, from open to close were headline matches. I thought. But that's kind of whittled down a little bit. But they're still giving those Columbus shows in Ohio world title matches and things of that nature. But here in Chattanooga, you're right. The wheels have really fallen off. And I'm not sure why, because it is their main Saturday night stop. Maybe just because it, it became a, a, a normal town for them instead of a, a town they were trying to conquer. They conquered it. And, and realistically, it's the third stop in a the day. They've already did TV in the morning. Carrollton. They've already, already been to uh, Columbus. For the TV, for TV. taping for, yeah, Fred, and then Carrollton. for Fred Ward, Carrollton right after. or So it's a fourth stop of the day for some of the guys. Yes, yeah, indeed. Uh, and so they're probably just spent by this time, so why, why put on a good card? Well, I guess, you know, once you've got the crowd coming in, if you can throw a show out there like this and still draw enough that you're happy, I guess you can get away with things like that. And I'm sure Patera and Tommy Rich busted it in the main event. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not questioning the main event so here. You, it's just the rest of the card was kind of light. A little bit light. Right, you don't have to fill in the rest of the card. Uh, they're going with the old WWF motto. You, you have your main event with maybe one other good undermatch, mm-hmm. and the rest of the card is Frankie Williams against Jose Estrada. And we got to remember now, too, George Scott has taken over as Booker, so he, too, you know, has a different mentality, obviously, than perhaps the Booker prior to him. So that could be another reason why this continues to change here in Chattanooga. Not that it wasn't already changing prior to Scott taking over. Uh, and I'm we'll, not familiar myself with the Mid-Atlantic house show history. I don't know. May, is this how he did or Mid-Atlantic ran things where they only went with one strong match in, on their house shows or, you know, I can't speak know, for it I, without studying it. I've, I've, you know, I've looked through the results plenty of times, but I don't have them right here in my brain at the, at the moment. But you have to think with all of that 16 millimeter footage that Cornette saved and whatnot, that a lot of those matches took place on the same shows. So they certainly had a lot of headline matches, uh, you know, in the same night, uh, at least in the bigger towns. Okay. So yeah, but how about the high school gyms? Sure, the, the spot uh, towns. But this how is they're Ch- treating Chattanooga at this point? Yeah, I, I do agree. Uh, that is not how they're treating Columbus, Ohio. Ever as we move on to June the twenty eighth, the Ohio Center in Columbus, it's Bruce Reed going to a draw with Brian St. John. So I wrote here, whose Cheerios did Bruce Reed piss in? Because it's kind of funny. George Scott brings Reed into the WWF in 86, and he brings him into the NWA in 89, and Reed had been retired for a year at that point. He had left the WWF after WrestleMania 4, and I don't think he wrestled again until he comes back with George Scott in the NWA at the beginning of 89. So it's kind of weird here to see George Scott booking, but immediately he demotes Bruce Reed from the basically the main event to the opening matches on the card. Do you think maybe he saw the talent after the fact and said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it up to him? <laughs> I think you just nailed that one. You know, years later, he said, you know what? I should have did you dirty. Look how great you turned out. Yeah, absolutely. Also here in Columbus, Ohio, it's Superfly Jimmy Snuka over Robert Gibson. Terry Gordy defeating national champion Steve-O. Georgia heavyweight champion Kim Patera over Iron Mike Sharp. And then NWA world heavyweight champion Dusty Rhodes comes to town and scores the win over the former champion Harley Race by pinfall once again. Dusty solidifying himself as the champion, and this was announced on Georgia TV. They built up, the, a, lot, a lot of promos built this match up as we, we were heading into this. So uh, basically, the hard sell, Dusty and Harley Race, this was the rematch. It wasn't taking place at the Omni, guys. It was taking place in Columbus, Ohio, 
And Dusty, once again, the winner here. And it was that's the way it was going to be. Have you ever heard, was it Harley that wanted to drop the belt or the NWA had just wanted to move on from Harley? And Because I understand they already knew Flair was next. So yeah, was Flair, it Har- Flair according to Buck Robley, Flair had been promised this earlier in the year. Okay, so when they brought him into Georgia, he was probably supposed to get the, the Tommy Rich run maybe. And somewhere, start at that point. Somewhere thereabouts, I guess somebody changed their mind at some point. And Dusty said, now, wait a minute, before you give him the, the belt, talking about uh, Ric Flair there, uh, let, me, let me get another little run with it, if you will. So that's what happens here. I mean, I don't know. I have no idea. I wasn't part of those I meetings. I didn't know if you had ever, ever heard. I, I never heard whether it was just, uh, you know, race wanted to move on, like Jack Briscoe did back in the day, and or if it was actually – Decided, you know what, Harley's been a good soldier. Let's let's move on and move into the eighties. Well, you know, with, without with doing some camp. some diving, I, I can't say one hundred percent for positive, but just some of the stuff I have looked into in the past, I'd say it was the latter one. I think it was really the the promoters deciding to try and move on and you know get something fresh out there. Nothing against Harley, but obviously Ric Flair going to get his run upcoming here in the fall. Yeah, what's amazing? What what's Harley? Early forties here. You know, when I watched it back at this time, I thought the guy was already well into his fifties. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I, I, we talked about that before, and I don't remember exactly how old he was. I just remember it, it blew my mind when we looked it up because he was born in something like what was it, forty three? So fifties, sixty seven. Yeah, he wasn't even forty here. He, okay. he was thirty eight years old. Harley Race. Could you believe that? And he definitely looked much older. Not that he was out of shape. I mean, he had the little. I guess you could call it the beer gut on him, but he, he still looked athletic enough. But he was also one scary dude when you watch the interviews. Buddy, he did he not look like a 37-year-old, 38-year-old. No. <laughs> I say that. To me, who was, a, you know, like a spry 15-year-old at the time. Actually, <laughs> technically, I was only 14. I thought he was like in his 50s at that time. <laughs> I would love to see a, a baby picture of Harley Race. He probably looked about 50 coming out of the womb. I could love, love to have seen Harley Race's face on a baby picture. Somebody photoshopped that as uh, we, we roll on here in Columbus, guys. One more matchup on the card. It is Ted DiBiase and Tommy Rich defeating the team of the World Tag Team Champions, Minnesota Wrecking Crew, Oli and Gene Anderson on a countout. Would have been fun to see Tommy and DiBiase with a little little quick uh, World Tag title run there. Yeah, but the Andersons weren't dropping it to anybody else except for a Mid-Atlantic team at this point. I mean, to be realistic. No, but, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it would have been a lot of fun. Just to let them go out there for about two weeks on TBS and set them up to Mid-Atlantic and maybe uh, do a TV or two. My God, can you imagine Tommy Rich doing the selling and making that hot tag out to Ted DiBiase who comes in and cleans house? That would have been some fun matches. Um, yes, absolutely. But this is probably maybe the, the dream keeping Ted down still. Well, it very well could be. Hey, he's going to give Ted DiBiase a title shot before too long. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, yeah, just look at the show, top to bottom. I mean, your your opener match, Bruce Reed and Brian St. John, is like third, fourth on the card somewhere else. So still stacked by definition of what we're seeing on some of the other house shows. But oh, it's very not, solid show. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, no complaints. But it's still not what it was back in the in the latter half of 1980 or the very early part of 81 when they were really stacking the box here, bringing talent in. Andre the Giant was on almost every card. Dusty Rhodes, who was not here at all at the time, was still coming and making the rounds. Bill Watts was coming into town. So Columbus has tapered off just a little bit, but still top to bottom, I would not complain uh, being part of this show. No, all I need is Mr. Wrestling 2 back and 
When Phil you do need that, he was also Columbus. part of those early Columbus shows because it was the Ohio, the state of Ohio that was writing into the Georgia territory that supposedly caused them to go up and start running shows in Columbus. And it was all because of Mr. Wrestling 2. There were a lot of Wrestling 2 fans up in the state of Ohio. And Wrestling 2 will be back. Oh, no doubt about it. And he'll have some uh, more runs in other territory, Mid-South still, too, for Wrestling 2. So he's got a little bit of left in, in the tank. Uh, we're going to roll on here. June the 29th, Huntington, West Virginia, usually follows Columbus, Ohio, at the Memorial Fieldhouse. It's Robert Gibson over Jerry Graham Jr. That's a unique result. It is, because every time they go to West Virginia, there's always a, a name or two that pops up that does not work the Georgia Territory and doesn't work any other city. So it's kind of odd. Only in West Virginia. It's not even like the people from Columbus follow over to West Virginia here, which is not far away. It's right across what, whatever highway that is that runs across there. But it's not far away at all. And it's, it's kind of odd to see some of these names pop up here. We're going to see another name in the next matchup, too. Bruce Reed defeating Charlie Fulton. So Jerry Graham Jr. and Charlie Fulton on this show. Yeah, Fulton had worked Georgia a little bit in, in 1980. Uh, but we haven't seen him on TV for you know a good while. So right. it is different to see his name pop up in this result. Yeah, and I and don't... from a physical level, Fulton always had to look like he could have been somebody. Right. And at this point, Reed isn't as cut as he ends up being. Physically wise, looking at this match, I bet the fans really thought, hey, this is this Fulton guy could, could give him a run, unless Fulton has lost 100 times at Huntington, West Virginia. Well, you know, I, I know Fulton comes through Crockett as well, so I'm not sure if he's coming from there at this point or not, or if he's headed towards the Mid-Atlantic Territory. But uh, I always enjoyed Charlie Fulton. I only got to see him in the WWF growing up, but I always loved him. I, he was like one of my favorite heel job guys. And I was like, yeah, he even when I got the Coliseum videos, you know, they would show some of those battle royals and things and he would be a part of them. And I would mark out like, yeah, Charlie Fulton's going to get a push here. All right. <laughs> and when he arrives in the WWF, he actually for two or three TV tapings uh, went over. He didn't have a manager. Right. But he he was usually in that um, Larry Sharp position where yep, like the third call. or fourth match on the show. If you're watching the New York version, I believe New York had six matches. And if you were watching the Philadelphia version or some of the other versions, they took that fifth match out or middle match out and they did the localized interviews right. all in one shot where on the New York one, they would like after every match, they would go to Vince standing at ringside for the pre-taped interviews. Well, I got to say, you know, he was a solid hand, so he certainly deserved, you know, whatever he got. I enjoyed him watching him in the ring. He, it was always going to be a good preliminary match when you knew Charlie Fulton was, was somebody in the ring. Also on the card in Huntington, guys, it was Iron Mike Sharp over Brian St. John, Ken Patera defeating Steve-O, and in the main event, whoo, Dust the Rose teaming with the Wildfire Tommy Rich, battling the Andersons, the World Tag Team Champions, Minnesota Wrecking Crew, going to a double disqualification with Dusty Rhodes and Tommy Rich. So maybe the undercard a little weak in places, but man, boy, did they bring the main event to town. Oh, they probably lit that little arena up. Think about that. Dusty Rhodes, the current NWA champion, and Tommy Rich recently the NWA world champion. So you got two world heavyweight champions from here in 1981 taking on the world tag team champions. That's a, that's a headline of a match. And if you're you know the normal uh, everyday fan, you're running down there to get that ticket. As uh, we roll on, guys, June the 29th, Augusta, Georgia, Bell Auditorium. It's Jim Duggan and the French Angel over at George Wells now in town. George Wells teaming with Ted Oates here, doing the job to Duggan and the French Angel. Also, the ladies in town, Donna Christianello over Angie Manelli. This is the masked superstar defeating Ted Oates. Uh, I've also seen this as the superstar over Abe Jacobs in some results, but 
I'm not really sure. Also, Superfly Snuka defeating Jerry Oates, and in the final match of the night, Ted DiBiase over Terry Gordy on a disqualification. Unique card, the ladies in town, a couple of new talents. I, I really like this one. Yeah, it's a solid show from top to bottom. It's good to see Frank Morrell get a win, and Duggan won, gets a win for a change. And Superstar now working some of the house shows, so that's always a plus. Yeah, the more uh, George Scott guys. Yeah, the, the big-name talents superstar. are on their way, guys, so uh, stay tuned. Uh, we continue on June the 30th, Macon, Georgia at the Coliseum. Ricky and Robert, the Gibson brothers, going to a draw with Jim Duggan and the French Angel. It's Iron Mike Sharp over at Brian St. John. National Tag Team Champions Steve-O and Ted DiBiase over the duo of Terry Gordy and Jimmy Snuka. And I do believe this talking. the... Yeah, well, it's well. I hate the fact that DiBiase and Steve-O go over here, but I do believe this is the first Gordy-Snuka tag team match we've seen outside of TV. So now now they're starting to use them on the, on the house shows. Which is a good idea for which, where they're going. Oh, absolutely. But I'm just, you know, we saw them on TV. We were hypothesizing as to why it was Gordy and Brian St. John. Right, they were using all different tag team parts. Right, yeah. yeah. I'm sure they had their reasoning. It didn't make any sense, but I'm sure he had his reasoning at the time. No, absolutely. But but it's good to see them together, and this is just a badass Jimmy Snuka. No, That's all is, I can say about it. This, I mean, he might have been a baby face in the interview. <laughs> that one you know, interview, last yeah. Week. <laughs> but this version of Jimmy Snuka with the boots and that – Cowboy hat with the hair and the ponytail. Oh, he looked awesome. He looked awesome. Like a different person. Oh, yeah. He's not a savage. He talks. He's just badass. Yeah, absolutely. So Macon had a hell of a night, though. I mean, well, we got onto the undercards not too bad. But look at the the double main event. That's what I'm billing it as anyway. DiBiase and Steve-O, who are the local tag team champions, defeating Gordy and Snuka. And then in the main event, Dusty Rose defending the NWA world title, defeating the Georgia heavyweight champion, Ken Patera. Yeah, another title match in Macon, Georgia. Yeah, so a big night there in Macon as we go on to July the 1st. We're now in the month of July, guys, past the midway point in the year in Columbus, Georgia, the Memorial Auditorium, Ricky Gibson over Gypsy Joe, Bruce Reed defeating Jim Duggan, Brian St. John. they worked a lot together, didn't they, They they sure did. Battle of the Hagsaws up and down the uh, the cards here in uh, June and July. No wonder they worked so well together in Mid-South. Right, as a tag team and against each other, absolutely. Good, solid time working together ahead of time. Also on the card here in Columbus, Georgia, it was Brian St. John over Iron Mike Sharp on a countout. Ted DiBiase, again, teaming with Tommy Rich to defeat the team of Ken Patera and Terry Gordy, another fun team there. And in the main event, NWA World Heavyweight Champ. This is another match I'd love to get my hands on. Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes, guys, defeating Superfly Jimmy Snuka on a disqualification. The finish, eh, not so much interested in. But man, Dusty Rhodes versus a prime Jimmy Snuka. That would have been excellent. I mean, hey, we make a lot of fun of Dusty, but everybody oh, no. loved Dusty. Oh, he was a big match man. I, I'm, not, you know, I have fun with Dusty. Okay, yeah, I grew up a Dusty Rhodes fan. Even when you know, when everybody else was crapping on him wearing polka dots, Jamie, I was a kid. I didn't give a shit. I loved him in the polka dots. Oh, I didn't yeah. even mind Sweet Thaffile, baby. So it, it all worked for me, okay? I was never anti-Dusty Rhodes. I, other than when they put him on commentary in WCW, it took me years afterwards to appreciate Dusty on WCW commentary, but as it was happening, I would groan. Now, I will admit that. But, you know, I, whenever I say anything, and I, I, you know, I, hate to, and I only did it once on the Memphis show. Me and Gene Jackson made it very clear right out of the gate we have to, you have to mock Jerry Lawler every week because he's, he's just so much nonsense going on. But I love Jerry Lawler, one of my top five of all times, well-rounded performer, maybe not the greatest technical wrestler, but certainly one of the greatest talkers of all time. And I, I just love Jerry Lawler, but I'm going to have fun. I, I, 
They're not my friends. I don't know them personally, but I tease them like I would as if they were one of my friends. So when I have fun with Dusty Rhodes here on the show, that's all I'm doing, guys. So if you get your butt hurt, I apologize. But that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, we're not here to pick on Dusty. I mean, I was a big Dusty Rhodes guy. I first started watching wrestling right around the time. I didn't know about the Madison Square Garden part, but I had caught him on television once or twice. And and then he was on the... uh, the prism shows that I was watching from the spectrum. So I was a big Dusty Rhodes fan. And I guess it was 87, 88. Um, I wrote a letter to the observer talking about Dusty. And I said how much I love Dusty Rhodes. It was just Virgil Runnels. Now that I have the, the knowledge of what goes on behind the scenes mm-hmm. and hearing from enough people who dealt with Dusty, even though I had hadn't met Dusty at this point yet, that, Dusty Rhodes was my man. It was just Virgil Reynolds I didn't care for. Well, there you go. And, you know, they talk about Big Match John, as in Big Match John Cena. He always came and delivered when when, it, when he had to at the pay-per-views, at the very least. Lots of people mocked him on TV. But, man, Big Match John was a thing. And I was never a John Cena fan. Again, I have to look back in hindsight and respect him. But as it was happening, I would groan. I didn't. I, it just wasn't a character that I cared for. But in this instance, I love Dusty Rhodes, and he was big match Dust. He delivered, and I'm not saying he went out there and put on four- and five-star matches, guys, but he was over, and I loved him dropping the elbows, everybody flying this way and that way, the flip-flop and fly. Even when Dustin Rhodes did it later, the callback to Dusty, I loved it. I mean, I remember watching Dustin in the USWA in Dallas, and then, of course, he pops up in the WWF there in the fall of 1990, and he got over with me simply because he was Dusty's son. So, I mean, and obviously, he went on to have a really great career himself. But, I mean, it's just, I love Dusty Rhodes. He was a great character, great performer in the ring, uh, very entertaining. Uh, again, even in the polka dots, it worked for me, okay? But I'm going to have fun with him here. Uh, maybe I'm having more fun with Virgil Runnels than I am Dusty when we talk here, Jamie. But it is what it is, and that's what it's going to continue to be. And this is the last time I'm going to apologize for myself. Yeah, you don't need to apologize, but we have a good time with Dusty and... Dusty was the man at this point, so. Oh, absolutely. I'm not I'm not arguing. He's the world champion <laughs> for a reason. Uh, you right. wanted to say something about July, I think. Yeah, July 1st, a very important day in my wrestling fandom. Not that it's going to mean anything to anybody else out there, but okay. July, <laughs> July 1st, 1981, my cable company got WTBS and WGN, which wow, leads okay. me to what we're going to run into in just about five minutes. July 4th, 1981, (laughs) where I get to see my first ever Georgia Championship wrestling in my own house. So other people were out having their Kevin, their cookouts, watching fireworks, but Jamie Ward has his fireworks right there on the TV, TBS 605. And I mean, we'll just jump ahead just temporarily because we're going to get to that show. July 4th, 1981, as a teenage boy, I don't listen to anything my parents tell me. So obviously my parents told me that we were going to our barbecue at my aunt's house. Uh, which was only about 20 minutes away, the next town over. And it went through one ear and out the other. And then when we got ready to leave to go there about one o'clock, I'm thinking, oh, crap. (laughs) I'm going to miss Georgia Championship Wrestling. It's the first time. I can't miss this. How am I going to get my dad and mom to let me stay home so I can watch Georgia Championship Wrestling? Okay. (laughs) Ah. Well, I ended up going. Oh, okay. However... My dad knew my love for wrestling, and he arranged at like 20 or 6, or it was like 20 minutes before the show was ready to begin. I forget if it was 5.30 or 6 o'clock at this point. 
Uh, my dad says, all right, you want to go home? I'll take you home so you can watch wrestling. Wow. What a great dad. Because that he would took have me home, left me, and then went <laughs> went back to, to the barbecue. And was, they didn't get home till like 9 or 10 it's, at night. It's kind of funny how we live completely different lives and completely different eras because you got a few years on me. Not a lot, but a few. But I, I recall something similar happening. I, it was at my house. We had a cookout. And I think it was a Clash of the Champions replay because I don't think they would ever air a Clash on a holiday. But they were like replaying it. I must have missed the original or part of the original. And they were airing it like like a Labor Day or, or something. I, something was going on outside in the backyard at my house, a cookout, and all the family was over. My aunts, uncles, my cousins, everybody was over. But I loved wrestling so much. I needed to go watch, you know, whatever the hell was. I don't even remember which class it was off the top of my head. I'd have to go look. But going in the house, and then everybody would have to come find me. Where did, where did I go? Oh, come in, get back out here. Everybody's outside, you know. They didn't really give me crap for it, but I, I kept disappearing back in the house for like 15-minute intervals because I didn't want to miss my wrestling. So, and, and again, a little different. Your dad took you home. Mine kept coming and my grandpa kept coming and finding me like, where did you go? Your cousins are outside. But I, it's just the, the love for wrestling is what I share there, Jamie. I get it. Oh, yeah. I, I, my dad did the same thing for me um, two years later on a, on a Christmas. You remember when oh, wow. Buzz Sawyer lost the hair match to Butch Reed? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Before he started oh, wearing I, the gimmick. Which I, I think was like the day before. Which is kind of so ironic, but make, I saw you're losing his hair, but that's another what, what, story. So I wanted to make sure I was home on that Saturday, but, you know, for Christmas Day to have it air or, oh, no, it was the day after Christmas. Well, whatever it was, my dad did the same thing. We were about 45 minutes away. He drove me home. Wow. And, of course, they didn't do a TV taping that day. It was from the week before, so they never mentioned the match or showed Buzz on television. So I didn't uh. find out. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's. And then the next week, he had the headgear on. <laughs> of course, he did. That was that was good stuff. <laughs> Great TV. Well, uh, but, we'll reach that eventually. Here. Yeah, we're not we're not there yet. Uh, right now, we're only on July second in Jasper, Georgia, at the Pickens High School. On the card, Jerry Oates taking on Ted Allen, Ricky Gibson going up against the French Angel, Donna Christianello against Jill Fontaine. It's Steve O going one on one with Gypsy Joe. In the main event, slated to see Tommy Rich and Mike Sharp battle the team of Ken Patera. And Jimmy Snuka, so maybe I spoke too soon. We only got that one Gordy Snuka match so far, but I ain't complaining. Kenny Patera has subbed in here, teaming with Gordy, now teaming with Snuka here in the high school. And not a bad card for a high school gym show, uh, but we don't have the results, but I wanted to get the card in anyway. Yeah, all very solid performers on that show. Uh, we go on July the 3rd, Marietta, Georgia, Cobb County Civic Center. It's Robert Gibson over the French Angel. Jimmy Snuka defeating Ricky Gibson. Bruce Reed teaming with George Wells, sometimes now a tag team partner for Reed, as we will see. Reed and Wells over Jim Duggan and Gypsy Joe. National champion Steve-O defeating Brian St. John. And in the main event, it's Ted DiBiase over Terry Gordy and Marietta. So another fun night in Marietta, Georgia, which is a weekly stop for Georgia. Right, and no Armstrongs on the card yet. Not yet. Coming soon. No. Spoiler well, alert. I, I just happened to notice, uh, it just catching my eye now, Gypsy Joe's starting to return and get, get some house show uh, action in. Yeah, you know, he appears sporadically. I totally missed that because I'm used to reading his name, but I never want to put it over because he like appears like once and then we don't see him again for three months. Happens in Memphis, too. But here, you're right. After the last few weeks, Gypsy Joe has been here quite a bit. And I don't know that he's a George Scott guy or anybody's guy for that matter. But Gypsy Joe has been here quite a bit here in the last few weeks. Now, before we get to the next July 4th episode here of Georgia Championship Wrestling on TBS, guys, upcoming, it's the July 5th card in the Omni, Jamie. And we're going to do something a little different here this week on the show, something out of the ordinary in our format. 
because I found a third source. I dug back into my VHS tapes. I found much more Georgia from June and July TV back in 81 and tons of new sound bites, guys, setting up the Omnicard for July 5th from the June 27th and June 28th TV. Now, we talked about that in the last episode of Georgia here on the Regional Wrestling Podcast, Jamie, but we didn't have all these great sound bites. Now, normally, if it was just a couple of promos, guys, I'd overlook it. We'd move on. But there were so many extra promos, and they're, they're harder to find. A lot more rare are these interviews. Not really, quote-unquote, out there, if you will, if you know what I mean. And it just it sets up the card nicely for the Omni, and I thought it was very important to get some of these in. So, now, I want to be clear. I have no notes here for these. Me or Jamie have no idea what we're about to hear walking into this. I, I didn't really have the time to sit there and take notes. I didn't really have the time to actually listen and focus on what they were saying, I just tried to cut the, the audio out as quick as I could before we got this, this episode up and running. So we're both, me and Jamie, are both going to listen to these very carefully for the very first time. So we'll talk about them on the other side. And we're going to set a new record here this week because we're going to hear all of these sound bites here from the June 27th program. But we're also going to hear plenty more upcoming for the July 4th TV we're going to get into on the other side of these, Jamie. But if you're ready to go, you're still there, right? Yeah, I'm still here. This is going to okay. be like Georgia Championship Wrestling Raw. It is raw. Absolutely. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I kind of have an idea of what we're walking into. They're, they're setting up their matches for the Omni, but I'm looking forward to hearing these. And we're all going to kick off. It's a rematch upcoming July 5th in the Omni. The new Georgia heavyweight champion, Ken Patera, slated to defend his title against the former champion, Wildfire Tommy Rich. And right now we're going to hear from Ken Patera. You're watching Georgia Championship Wrestling. More excitement to come, but right now we're going to call in the new Georgia heavyweight wrestling champion. And one week from tomorrow, Ken Patera, at the Omni in Atlanta, Tommy Rich gets uh, his crack at regaining this crown. That's right, Tommy Rich. I have one thing for you, boy. And listen, Claire. Win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. And Tommy Rich, you don't have the guts or the knowledge to beat Ken Patera anywhere, let alone the Omni. But July 5th, Tommy Rich, the fireworks are really going to happen. Forget about the 4th of July. The 5th of July in Omni is what I'm going to teach you, boy, to get on your knees, clasp your hands, and beg for mercy. Because, Tommy Rich, I have no time for you. As far as Chattanooga, Augusta, Columbus, Huntington, Tommy Rich, you chase me. Be a thorn to my side, and I'll beat you every night of the year. Well, I guess forget about July the 4th. The fireworks going down July the 5th, so says Ken Patera. Yeah, Patera's ready to take on Tommy Rich. He's not scared, and he threw out one of my favorite lines, that win if you can, lose if you must. But always cheat. It's good to hear somebody else say that besides Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember when Patera comes back to WWF in 84, he wears that T-shirt. Oh, does he? Oh, that's pretty cool. Yes. <laughs> not not a, for a long time, but there's a couple localized interviews that I saw for MSG and the Spectrum where he was wearing that shirt. All right. Well, I knew it wasn't for a long period of time because it's not going to be too much longer no. after that that he'll be serving a prison sentence guys but what we heard from the champion but right now we're going to go back and hear from the other side the former champion and now the challenger here is wildfire 
Tommy Rich. Take a moment right now to talk to Tommy Wildfire Rich. Just a moment or two ago, we watched him uh, changing his strategy uh, in mid- midway in the match. I noticed at first you were going after the upper body, then you uh, dropped in, started working on the legs, and that strategy worked. Well, Gordon, you know, you know, I found out that I'm gonna have to start going all over everybody. You know, it was a big letdown to me at Omni last week when I lost to Georgia Bell. You know, but when I come out of the ring. You know, like I said a hundred times before, you know, I found out that the people win, lose, or draw, you know, it didn't matter if I had the Georgia heavyweight belt. The people were right there behind me, and, uh, you know, it just means a whole lot to you. Well, of course, Sunday, July 5th, at the Omni, a rematch, you and Ken Patera, the Georgia Heavyweight Championship. You know, and, and I want that with all of my heart, you know, just like I said, without the people of Georgia, without the people all over the country, the TV goes everywhere. And without these people being behind Tommy Rich, I'm no Ken Patera, I'm no big muscle man. I've never come, came out here and claimed to be, but yet I've never come out here and called these people rednecks and geeks and hillbillies because I'm an old Tennessee boy myself. If they're rednecks and a geek, Gordon, that's what I am. And as far as you, Patera, you know, if that's what you want to call, you know, I had some respect with you. You were in the Olympics. You had all your medals. You know how you won the belt at Donnie. I'm not coming out here and crying about it. You beat me, but I know how you beat me, and you ain't half the man I thought you were. You can come out here and pose and look pretty and do all of your stuff, but when I come with Omni, I'm coming with everything I've got, Patera, so you better be fired up and have them muscles pumped up and anything else you can get, because I'm going to have me a mirror there. Gordon, he thinks he's so pretty. I'll bring me a mirror down there for him. Tommy going to distract Kim Patera with an, a mirror, going to go all uh, narcissist on him there. Yeah, present day, he would probably slam that mirror over the top of his head. But That would have been awesome. Back then, they really didn't do stuff like that. But <laughs> two great interviews to lead up to a match at the Omni. No, they, were really good, they were really good promos from both guys. It didn't feel generic. And I know they're, they're selling the Omni, but it just felt they, they were good. And that's why I wanted to get these in, because like I said, I didn't really focus on what they said. But as I was cutting them out, I was like, wow, these guys are really intense. Even if they don't have Dusty Rhodes defending the title on the July 5th card, those two interviews right there would be good enough for me to go down and buy a ticket to, for them to be the main event at the Omni. That, that was two great interviews. Plus, Patera mentioned going around the uh, around the horn with Tommy Rich. Right. So yeah, he'll have every, matches with Tommy. Everybody's going to want to come out and watch those two go at it. And you got Tommy going to get technical this time. He's not going out there to, to kick butt. You heard he worked on the, the upper body, that, and yeah. then he changed and worked on the lower body. Yeah, so Tommy's I, putting some strategy into the match. Right. There's no context here in, in regards to the matchup that Tommy was referring to because we don't see that here on the show, but that it was actually a matchup he worked in. And I can't remember who it was, somebody on, on the underneath, though, on this episode right before this promo, this June 27th episode. And he did. He changed uh, his style in the middle of the matchup. He was working one body part and then realized... Uh, I got to get to another one. This one's not working. And I guess that's the story they're telling here. And Tommy says, I'm going to have to hit people from all sides because everybody's different. And, and the, the stars, the talent is just getting bigger and better around here. And you're right. I, I, I agree with you. I don't know if they're going to sell out the Omni with Tommy Rich and Ken Patera right now without a, a little, little more heat to the, the feud. However, I do agree with you. The promos alone are really going to talk some people into the into the building. Oh, absolutely. And now we know why Gordon went on special assignment. He went to find the man that was giving Tommy this advice on how to work the top of the body and then the bottom of the body. That's why he disappears for the second hour. Gordon, a student of the game, he wants to know what's going on around here. And we're gonna, Absolutely. I've got some uh, a fun bit here on Gordon as we go on through these sound bites, but we'll, we'll get to that when we get there. Uh, we're going to go on right now. I don't know that they're going to be discussing the Omnicard per se, but it's uh, quite a few of the names here in the territory right now. It's Steve-O we're going to hear from in the next uh, sound bite, as well as George Wells now here. Butch Reed also standing by in this upcoming promo. 
and say hello right now to the national heavyweight champion and one half of the Georgia Tag Team Champion, Steve-O. Well, thank you, Freddie. You know, uh, thanks, everybody. I want to say, uh, you know, Ted DiBiase can't be here today, but, uh, you know, Ted and I appreciate everything that's happened. Uh, you know, uh, we had a big victory in the Army last time over the Anderson brothers, and now Teddy's got a big shot coming up, uh, you know, going against the world's champion. And uh, I just want to say hello to George Wells and Bruce Reed. Everything is finally coming down. And, George, the Freebirds are gone, and uh, we're getting things uh, back in shape. Thank you, Steve-O. George, you made a great impression today. Eight years as a pro football player in Canada. You were on the wrestling team at New Mexico State. You've won numerous awards. I don't have time to go into now, but great to have you in Georgia. Nice to be here. I was uh, watching um, Atlantic Wrestling all the way over in Hawaii, and I decided I wanted to come here. I saw my first cousin here wrestling, and it called me up, and I, they said they were looking for good wrestlers to come into the area, so I jumped on the first plane I could to get here. Well, Georgia Championship Wrestling, of course, is seen all over the country. And Bruce, I don't have time for more now, but they're going to see you in action later. All right. Thank you, Fred. Thank you. So Butchery doesn't get any promo time there, but George Wells now the latest addition to the Georgia roster. And when he says first cousin, for those who can't see it, because this is a soundbite, he's actually pointing to Butch Reed, referring to Reed as his first cousin. No relation, but they're both African-Americans, so they must be related back in 1981, Jamie. I guess so. <laughs> but in all seriousness, that may have been the best Steve-O promo we've heard since he arrived eight months ago. Yeah, because it was only like 20 seconds. Good point. But he, unlike, <laughs> unlike, my, unlike myself, uh-huh. he didn't stumble over his words as much this time. He, he did very well. No, he's, he, ever since they've let him, back to, <laughs> let him back on the microphone the last couple of weeks, he's not, he hasn't been too bad. That time in Japan where he could just say whatever he wanted to helped him out. <laughs> yeah, that time in Japan cutting American promos, that really went a long way here for Steve. <laughs> uh, speaking of guys and cutting promos, oh, here we go. We've Mr. heard him already. Personality number two. <laughs> number two. He's uh, no doubt probably likely going to be talking about Indian revenge here. It's uh, Jay Youngblood, guys. We'll talk about him on the other side. Very fine victory here today. Thank you very much. You know, like I told you earlier. Fans first... look here. They like you very much. And glad Thank you here. very much. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say that it's a pleasure being here, but it's not a pleasure trip. And I'm afraid to say so because the man that I'm here for is Jimmy Snuka. Snook, I'm not after no world belt. I'm not after anything else, my friend. I'm after you for what you did to me eight months ago. You broke my leg and you put me out of commission. My friend, you will pay for it. Believe me. Well, you know, one week from uh, tomorrow, Sunday, July 5th at the Omni, you'll get that chance, Jay. You against Superfly Snooker, a great card. Tickets go on sale right now at the Omni All Seats locations. What about your match? That's right. You know, Snooker, the fifth, my friend, is something that I've waited for, just like I said, for eight months. Snooker, engine revenge is on my way and on your way. This engine is on you, my friend. And I'm not going to stop until I put you out of wrestling just like you did me. And I have all the slack that I need. I got the Tommy Riches. I got everybody that I need, Snooker, to get you, my friend. Like I said, I'm going to do it if it's the last thing that this engine does. The fifth is the last time that you'll ever show your face around Georgia or any other place. Snooker. You're not messing with Wahoo McDaniels. You've messed with a, a wounded Indian, a man that you disgraced, a man that you put out of wrestling, something that I put food in my mouth with. Snook, you're going to pay the fifth, my friend. Thank you very much, Jay Youngblood. It's nice to have you here. He's a very determined man. Boy, he certainly has an obsession with letting people know that he is not Wahoo McDaniel. He doesn't want to be confused with Wahoo for some reason. I was wondering if he was going to mention Wahoo again in his interview. I was hoping not, because what's this, the third or fourth interview we've heard, and he's dropped that, dropped his name every time. 
Indian Revenge and Wahoo McDaniel uh, mentioned every time he cuts a promo here. And for somebody who's that angry, he wants revenge eight months later on Jimmy Snooker. He's followed him all around the U- United States, maybe Japan, who knows? And he's finally got him here in Georgia, but he keeps referring to him as my friend. Very true. <laughs> I don't really know. It's a Jay Youngblood promo, but I, you know, for, for what it was, it, wasn't it, half, Young, it, wasn't no, it was okay. And I was going to say, I just love these promos. I'm so happy that I found them because usually we get these promos talking about the Omni. It's like 24 hours before the show's going down and it's like, there's no real big hype leading in, but here we're a little over a week out. And so we're going to have extra promos here to kind of set up the stage, so to speak. So I'm happy I found these and uh, we're going to continue on now, guys. Normally I got two promos here. We're going to hear them back to back, Jamie. And I would just normally play the one and skip the other and, and move along. But because of who it is, I want to hear both of these. And I don't think you're going to argue with me about that right now, guys, we're going to go to a pair of promos involving the brand new tag team of Terry Gordy and the Superfly, Jimmy Snuka. And here's Terry Gordy and Jimmy Superfly Snuka, who are a devastating tag team combination. And I understand you gentlemen have quite a bit on your mind. It might be very timely to ask hey, that's right. since wait you've been together. A second. Wait just a second, Freddie Miller. You know there's a lot going on around the Georgia area, baby. There's a lot of new champions. There's a new Georgia champion. There's a new world champion. And speaking of the new world champion, I heard him out here running his mouth about, hey, baby, I'm glad I got the people behind me. I'm glad that if there wasn't behind me, I wouldn't be nowhere today. Well, let me tell you something, Freddie Miller. Jimmy Snooker and Terry Gordy, we don't need no people behind us, baby. All we need behind us is a power driver and a big splash off the top rope, baby. That's all we need behind us. It don't matter where we're at. It don't matter if we're in a tag match. It don't matter if we're in singles. It don't matter if we're in Columbus, Ohio. It don't matter where, baby. You know we're into evil and we're getting nasty. And, baby... Anybody else that's into evil, they're friends of mine. And speaking about a man that's into evil, I want to ask Jimmy Snooker something. You know, baby, I heard a lot of good news on this man right here about him and Jay Youngblood. You know this man right here, he put Jay Youngblood out of commission for a few You may be one of the reasons Jay Youngblood came to Georgia, Superfly Snooker. Let's let me tell you something before we go any further. I'd just like to say hi to my mom in Honolulu, Hawaii. No ugly out there, and brother Curtis, I'll be doing fine. So just keep your cool and hang loose there, brother. Now, Jay Youngblood, when you was in your diapers, my man, I have been walking the streets and doing my talking around the ring. And getting into a lot of action, brother. But you just remember one thing, Jay. I'm not going to hurt you, but I'm just going to punish you and teach you a lesson coming after the bra. All right, guys, now we're off to Snooker and Gordy promo number two. Now, Terry Gordy and Superfly Snooker are here. Before we go, I know you must have some parting comments hey, for the fans. Hey, Freddie Miller, baby, you know, just like I said before and just like I say again, baby, you know, we're here to get down. Just like I said, it don't matter if we're in singles, if we're in tags, if we're in six man. It don't matter where we're at. Columbus, Ohio, way across Georgia, Huntington, West Virginia, baby, we're going to be getting down. We're going to be getting down on the ground too, Freddie Miller. You know what I'm talking about. Because me and my main man right here, Jimmy Superfly Snooker, 
is the man of the hour, the man with the power, baby, the man with the big splash off the top rope. And he really doesn't tell him about it, baby. Tell him. That's right, my man, Terry. All I want to just tell the people out there that we don't need nobody. All we need is just ourselves. The Superfly and my main man, Terry. So I want you people just to remember one thing. What you see is what you're going to get. And what you haven't seen is you're going to see the best. Because this is where the best is at. And the best you're going to keep your eye on and make sure that you keep... Thank you both. Our time's up. Till next time, for our director, Skip Ellison, this is Freddie Miller. So long, everybody. Freddie Miller interviewing Terry Gordy and Jimmy Snuka there. At least he's not Snooker anymore. Uh, Man, Terry Gordy, he's out here. He says they don't need anybody but themselves there in the ring. Nothing but the pile driver and that big superfly splash. Meanwhile, Snuka's saying hello to his mom. And we learned that Curtis, his brother Curtis... Is out there. He's doing fine, so keep your cool and hang loose, brother. But Snook, a, a good normal promo. Not a great promo, Jamie, but a pretty damn good promo. And still not really a heel promo. No, no. He, he, he wasn't even really a heel on Jay Youngblood. He still hasn't acknowledged that he broke Jay Youngblood's leg. He's not out there to hurt him, but he's out there to beat him. He's, he's kind of looking past Youngblood at this point. He's talking about his tag team with Terry Gordy more so than, than uh, worrying about that Indian revenge. Obviously, Snook and not... Not too worried about Jay Youngblood, at least at this point in time. But I don't know. It's just something about Jimmy Stuka's promos here before he goes to be the wild man up in, in New York that it's just like a different Jimmy Snuka to me. Like, he actually makes sense to a degree. Yeah, well, and as time goes on here, he's going to become more badass with those interviews. Oh, yeah. Badass Jimmy Snuka is definitely on the way. And and Terry Gordy here is doing a great Michael Hayes impersonation. He is. He is. He, you know, it was funny that he's, first— that first week they debuted, the first promo was just kind of there. But by the end of the, I don't know if he went backstage and somebody had a, you know, a, a word or two with him. But when they closed that show, uh, I guess it would have been the 20th. He, he comes out and he just rambles like Michael Hayes. You would have thought it was like Michael Hayes, maybe not as good as Hayes, but he tried. They sound like Michael Hayes light. There, there was nothing wrong with that interview. It was, it was very good. Yeah. Uh, they're getting their things together. And uh, before too long, maybe they will be the tag team champions. We'll have to wait and see. As we go on now, guys, we're going to hear from Dusty Rhodes. Now, he's going to talk a little bit about Columbus. We already covered that card. Dusty defending his title in the big rematch against the former NWA champion Harley Race. But what's interesting here is the first mention of Dusty heading to the Omni for his next opponent in line for a shot at that World Heavyweight Championship. Dusty Rhodes is going to talk about taking on one of his good friends, Ted DiBiase. You know, when you become the world heavyweight champion, you're suddenly thrust into a very, very lonely position in life because friend and foe alike are after the one thing that Dusty Rhodes has right now, and that's that $10,000 gold and diamond studded belt. I'm talking about very close personal friends like former champion uh, Jack Briscoe is, is obviously going to be gunning for you now. Uh, the Funk Brothers, the Assassins, Ken Patera, uh, Tommy Rich. Uh, I can go down the line. All these people, Dusty, you're, uh, you're almost in a friendless position. Yeah, I mean, you know, the dream made it bed, just something I wanted, you know, and like I said, I'm taking it to the people now, all these people, the Funks and, and uh, the Pateros and the Brodas and, and the Pipers and the, everybody all over the country, they got to be ready to meet Dusty Rhodes Magazine because I'm the World Heavyweight Champion, and speaking of World Heavyweight Champion, my first obligation is to Harley Race, Harley Race, ex-World Heavyweight Champion, six times, so in Columbus, Ohio, me and Harley Race are going to get funky, you understand, he's got to come forward with all he's got, this all he got left, he got to come one more time because you only gonna have one more time in Columbus, Ohio for this thing, Harley Race. And then when I'm through with him, 
I'm going to step in there with a friend. Ted DiBiase. Mr. DiBiase in the Omni. Ted DiBiase, great athlete that he is. Great wrestler that he is. It's going to be a classic match. But let me tell you something, DiBiase. This belt belongs to me and the people now. There's a lot of told the rest of them. I'm telling you the same thing, Daddy. When you come for it in the Omni, Ted DiBiase, when you put on your tights, and when you laying in bed the night before thinking about what it'd be like to be holding this thing, what it'd be like to be wearing this thing, what it'd be like to be in a dream shoes, what it'd be like to be on 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 a, on a silver screen, limousines and little jets like the dream is doing right now. I'm on a high right now. Be rolling it in your mind that it's going to take a lot of hard work. A classic match in the Omni. Me and Ted D.B. I'm looking forward to it, Daddy. So it is, it is announced. It's official. Coming up in the Omni is Ted DiBiase getting his, finally, this many months later, getting his world championship opportunity. But it's not against Harley Race. It's not against Tommy Rich. No, it's against the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, it's against the guy that got his title shot to begin with. <laughs> as, we, as we have been told, you know, DiBiase was in line for this Dusty Rhodes run. And Dusty used his influence to get the run instead. Oh, the irony here. Over on the Grenade Show, I'm heading into WrestleMania 4, and you know that story as well, Jamie Ward. DiBiase promised uh, all sorts of world titles, and something something always happens every time. Yeah, poor Ted. I mean, <laughs> he deserved better. Yeah, but I, I found it interesting here that Dusty is giving Harley Race one match only, one rematch against the NW, former NWA champion, and it's taking place in Columbus, Ohio. So it's not the Omni, so they're still keeping some sort of importance there on that Columbus town as they sell it as Harley Race's rematch for the world title there. Yeah, and we saw an interview from Race already about this. So I think it was what last show that right. we covered. Mm-hmm. Uh, right after Dusty had said Harley was going to be off for the summer because he had nothing else to do. Right. But hey, but now might as well build Columbus back up. You went away from it for not fully, but right. they it's, had it's not what it off was. in yeah. Columbus. But now this is a step to making Columbus, bringing it back up a little bit. Right. And we already covered the Columbus results, guys, so we won't go back into that again. But I just thought it was interesting that they're selling Columbus as Harley Race's big rematch, you know, to regain his world title, which he doesn't, at least at this point. But very interesting here. Dusty Rhodes announced to be taking on his good friend Ted DiBiase, and the promos are going to get a little more intense as we get closer to the show. In fact, right now we got another promo from the American Dream talking a little bit more about that challenger, Ted DiBiase. Here's a new NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. Congratulations. He just mentioned something about Huntington, West Virginia. Me and Tommy Rich going to get really down in Huntington, West Virginia. Columbus, Ohio. Holly Race gets his chance at destiny one more time in Columbus, Ohio. But look at all towards that. You know, you, you never count. You don't want to put the jackass in front of the cart. You know what I'm talking about? Or the cart in front. You've got to get everything going in the right lane. So the thing is, me and my honey been talking about say, now you got this thing with young Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase is a great wrestler. He's a great man. Uh, trained hard. Second generation wrestler. Coming up in the Omni. My first title defense of the people's belt going to be right there against Ted DiBiase. It's going to be a great match. It's going to be a super match. It's going to be a match of fans can remember. Let me tell you, uh, Ted DiBiase, something right now. Look right at me, Ted DiBiase. You sitting at home, maybe that was your loved ones or whatever you're doing. Now, this old boy here took him a good while to get this piece of gold. And I ain't going to play with you, Jack. You understand? I ain't going to play with you. Mm, a little intense there at the end. Dusty, he sounded really lively here. Great promo from the American Dream. But at that end, I ain't going to play with you, Jack. Yeah, Dusty, 
said it all right there. He's not going to play with him. Dusty is going to go all out to make sure that Ted DiBiase doesn't ruin what he just accomplished. And I, I got to steal that line. You don't want to put the cart in front of the jackass. I'm going to have to start using that a little <laughs> more often, Jamie Ward, because I, I just love that too. I know Dusty screwed it up when he said it, but I got what he meant. And I just love that. You don't want to put the cart in front of the jackass, BB. Yeah. And Dusty doesn't mess up like that too often. Not too often. <laughs> and it's a great segue. Because uh, we've got a, a tongue-tied Freddie Miller in the next promo here with the American Dream. And there's going to be a, a slight little bleep right in the middle of Dusty's promo, Jamie. And this is the one I know. This is the one I heard. So this is, I do know what, what happens here. And I want you to listen carefully. And on the other side, I want you to tell me whose name do you think they bleeped out here? <laughs> Just remember, guys, as we head into the next promo, we're now on the best of championship wrestling, June the 28th. Freddie Miller about to interview the American Dream. I did edit out the uh, initial opening of that promo because Freddie does flub his lines and Dusty gives him a little bit of fun there. You know, oh, you, you tongue tied, Freddie Miller. Just listen from there and see if you can guess the name that somebody went and had bleeped out. As uh, we go on now, one more promo from the American Dream. From all over the country, all over the world, Dusty. They, I'm telling you. <laughs> excitement, but that's what it's called, Freddie. I know. Even a great commentator like yourself gets excited over something like this. Right. To see Dusty Rose's dream fulfilled. To see Dusty Rose rise to the top of his profession. Tongue-tied, yeah, that's all right. The other night, didn't sound too sober either. The thing is, Dusty Rose called excitement. It was pandemonium. Just like I said, the American dream becomes world heavyweight champion. Now then, I got the list. Of all of them, baby. This includes Tommy Rich. This includes Ted DiBiase. This includes huh, the world's strongest man, Ken Patel. He's got all the tools, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and somewhere down the line, it's going to have to get down to Ken Patel myself. But right now, I'm going to go around and take care of business because I'm happy being the world's heavyweight champion. Hmm. Did you catch that, Jamie Ward? Right before Camp of Terror, that that little glitch right there. It was it was, that, it was much earlier in the promo. It was uh, when he was talking tongue tied, and he said it's okay. Uh, like a, he said all like great announcers, all, all great announcers get tongue tied, baby. In fact, the other night, blank, he got tongue tied a little bit. Uh, he wasn't sober. Now, who do you think that was? <laughs> okay, now we know. <laughs> and who do you think went into the editing and, and said, nah, brother, we will not have that here. So Dusty Rhodes making a little fun of Gordon Soley, maybe getting a little too sauced. That that could have been the, there we go, that could have been the, the special assignment he was on because maybe they recorded the best of interviews before they recorded the, the regular TV show. Yeah, I, I I just, I love it. You know, you can watch the promo there and they actually, you know, it's Gordon Soley who has his name removed from this promo. Okay. Like he took this very seriously, right? You, you have to imagine it was Gordon, right? No, I, I, I did. I heard that blip, but I wasn't, I was concentrating more on when, when they said the list of it. <laughs> of challengers and it sounded like their a wrestler was left out. We're going to go back and listen to the front of that again. I want you to I want you to catch it again. Maybe you'll you'll uh, you'll catch it this time. I'm telling you. <laughs> excitement, but that's what it's called, Freddie. I know. Even a great commentator like yourself gets excited over something like this. Tongue tied, yeah, that's all right. The other night didn't sound too sober either. The thing is, didn't sound <laughs> somebody the other night didn't sound too sober either. Another announcer. Hmm. Who could that be here in the state of Georgia? All uh, right. I definitely heard it that time. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I first heard it, I just, I was like, man, what did he say? Cause I was like, again, I was cutting these out and I wasn't really paying attention to what, what he was actually saying, but I did realize there was a bleep in there. 
And and so when I went back today to actually put these on my palette here of sound bites, I heard it again and I go, I, I put context to it. I said, that's got to be Gordon Soley. And then I went and checked and I said, sure enough, that's Gordon Soley he's talking about there. Oh my God. But uh, clearly Gordon saw this, heard this, something happened here and his name gets edited out. He will not, he will not have anybody uh, implying that, that he is a lush. You know, everybody has their own screen persona and their real persona. And <laughs> right. Gordon doesn't want to ruin his real persona. And some people, they're, they're the same either way. They don't really know fiction from reality. No. And I've been elbows with Gordon Soley. So what a hell of a nice guy, though. Right on, right on. All right, guys, we've got a couple more promos here from the Best of Show. And then we're going to move on to July the 4th, Independence Day. But before we do that, we're going to go off now. I think it's Freddie Miller. It's the Best of Show, so it likely is. He's going to stand by to have a couple more young fellows with him. It's Jay Youngblood one more time. And don't worry. Also, we're going to hear from the wildfire, Tommy Rich. Jay Youngblood, popular wrestler from Texas, and of course, Tommy Wildfire Rich. Jay, we'll start with you. A very impressive appearance here yesterday. Well, thank you very much. You know, it's always a pleasure to come down to Georgia and the surrounding area. But, you know, I've come down here not for the nationwide coverage, not for no Georgia belts, not for Dusty Rhodes, a world heavyweight champion. My main goal down here in Georgia is for one man, one man only. And I believe he knows who I'm talking about. Well, I'll let everybody know who it is. And that's you, Jimmy Snooker. About eight months ago, my friend, you took it upon yourself. And you thought it'd ne- I'd never come again, but you took it upon yourself to break this young Indian's leg and put him in the hospital for like three and a half months. Snooker, you know what you did to me? You took my pride. You took food away from my table. You made a fool out of this Indian. But you probably never, ever in your entire life thought you'd ever see the likes of Jay Youngblood again. Well, Snooker, let me tell you something. You're not messing with Wahoo McDaniels. It's Jay Youngblood. And I've come back for revenge. Indian revenge, my friend. And I guarantee you, just as sure as I'm standing here, I'll get it. Thank you, Jay. Tonight in Columbus, Ohio, Tommy, what about it? Yes, sir. We're starting with the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. Ole and Gene Anderson. You know, it's been a long time, Freddie. You know, Ole Anderson said he run Tommy Rich plumb out of Georgia. Well, I come to the Carolinas looking for him. I never found him, but I'm going to find you. Columbus, Ohio, Ted DiBiase and myself, the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. You know, Freddie, they better be ready because I'm ready. Then the American Dream and Wildfire in Huntington, West Virginia. I want everybody to be fired up because I am fired up. Woohoo! Talk about it. Ooh, Freddie Miller loves him some Tommy Rich. Talk about it. Tommy Rich coming for Ken Patera in that Georgia title. Hey, they were just in Columbus too. Him and DiBiase taking on the Andersons. What a fun main event, double main event, Dusty and Harley race. And then that match as well, Jamie, but it's uh, more uh, Jay Youngblood here. <laughs> Do you think they just gave this guy bullet points and he really just stuck to him? I am not Wahoo McDaniel as I come for Indian revenge. It's almost the same interview. This it's, is the third is time the that we've heard him. It's the <laughs> same exact interview, except for he left Tommy's name out of this one. The other two, he said, I, I have friends around here like Tommy Rich. And right. that was the that was like the only friend that he named. So at least Tommy was next to him. Yeah, he's not here for a world title or, or nationwide coverage. He's just here for Indian revenge. He's got what? Um, and he only has one gold. He doesn't have a gold. gold. He has gold. He's got one gold. Well, that's why he's not here for a title. He's already got a gold. The the funny part about this whole Snooker and Youngblood thing is that you, <laughs> that you could going. you could at least had Snooker say who is this guy? <laughs> I thought you were going to say mention him at all. Or I mean, he did mention him. In, <laughs> well, it, you know, or Freddie mentioned him. 
Right. And he, he just kind of blew it off. But they could have had more than just one interview with Snuka saying, who is this guy? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> this guy making stuff up, brother. Oh, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's well, the, sadly, these promos are almost gone. So I wanted to get them all in while I could. Indian <laughs> and, we, we and need... so is Jay Youngblood. He's not here much longer. That's true. Well, you know, I, I don't think I can get away with wearing a shirt that says Indian Revenge in 2024. But if I could, my God, it would no, certainly be a T-shirt to be made. In, it's not Indian Revenge. It's Engine, engine. Revenge. Okay, well, can, you, can you do that? I think that's banned. No, I think it was you banned can, before you Indian. Can't, you can't, <laughs> I'm part Indian, and I don't even think I would wear that shirt. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, we roll on, guys. We've got one more promo here lined up. June the 28th. It's uh, another promo from Ken Patera. Now, we heard he had a great promo there on June the 27th in uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling TV. Let's hear Kenny one more time. This time, it's on the Best of Show. Here's one more from Ken Patera. Uh, Tommy Rich was here to watch, and I'm sure you must have heard some of the comments from the fans that think you won this surrounded by controversy. Not only the fans, but my goodness, did Tommy Rich get fired up. Well, Tommy Rich, the reason you didn't go to the NWA and start screaming foul... Because there was no foul. That was just a camera angle. And cameras play funny tricks. And Tommy Rich, I'm going to play some funny tricks on you. You just keep chasing Ken Patera. I want to ask you this, though. Tonight in Columbus, Ohio, you're going to wrestle one of the strongest men in the country. And that's Canada's very proud athlete, Iron Mike Sharp. And he will give you, I'm sure, a tremendous battle. That's right. You know, I've been in the ring with Mike Sharp before. And Mike Sharp... You're a big, awkward lummox. You are like a bull in a china closet. You destroy everything. But you're not going to destroy Ken Patera. You're looking at the man that went to the Pan American Games, the Olympic Games, the World Championships, everything. And now I got the gold. And this is what you want. Well, I beat Tommy Rich like a bad. I can't even say that on TV, can I? But I beat him bad and sharp. He's ten times the man you are when it comes to fire. And that's maybe why they call him Wildfire. Next Sunday, Wildfire will be ready for you at the Omni. That's yeah. next Sunday. Come and get it, Tommy Rich. The Omni, July 5th, baby. Uh, so Patera knows where his bread is buttered. Putting Ken Patera over Mike Sharp, not not so much. I had to laugh there. Refers to him as a big, awkward lummox, uh, a bull in the china shop. That felt like a little bit of a shoot. Bull in a china closet. Oh, did he say closet? Okay. He said closet. <laughs> Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Oh, yeah, great. I'm actually becoming a big Patera fan again. I, I forgot just how swarmy and narcissistic this son of a bitch was. It took him a few weeks to get going here. You know, I can't remember. Did he come just did he just come back from New York at this point? I don't recall. But, man, he's, he's really getting it going now. No, I think he was someplace in between. He leaves New York around January. So he... He had a little break before he got Oh, right, to, right, after his intercontinental run. Right, okay. I gotcha. Makes sense. But, yeah, he's uh, definitely, uh, in the last few weeks, he's really turned it on here on the promos, for sure. Yeah, he doesn't have the wizard to worry about, given the wizard is his interview <laughs> his, time. His lines, right, he, yeah. he, he could just spout out anything he wants to, and he's moving up my list. All right. I forgot cool. how great he was. It's a, It's a real shame that, he had to tear up the McDonald's because he could have had a good run in the WWF. Well, if you listen to his version. And it, yeah, and he was going to be the first WrestleMania opponent. Well, I mean, who knows? Well, right? and, and WrestleMania was a three or four. He was going to be the, the opponent, or it was a five. He was going to be an opponent later on. But I've also heard him say that he probably would have been in the main event of the first WrestleMania if he hadn't had that 
you know, framed by the Minnesota police there. Well, you can call it a frame job, but the fact of the matter is I don't think Patera goes to prison until May, so he could have easily made that first WrestleMania if Vince really wanted him there. Kim Patera, not, not too much longer for that world at that point, not for a, a couple of years anyway. But uh, we're going to roll on, guys, as we head off to July the 4th, Independence Day. Happy birthday, America, the July 4th edition of Georgia Championship Wrestling on TBS, or we had discussed in the past, Jamie, if we're back to 6.05 yet. I can now confirm based on some of the Freddie Miller promos that uh, from the last episode of TV that no, Georgia Championship Wrestling at this point is still at 535, which happened, I think, back in February or something like that. They changed the, the time frame. But yeah, we're still at 535 at this point. So whenever I call it 605, guys, it's just out of habit. Please forgive me. And you can be guaranteed this is an Atlanta Braves game. Oh, yeah. On the yeah. 4th of July. It, it has to be Atlanta Braves. And it is. Uh, Freddie actually sold it as coming on at uh, actually this episode. I don't know if this episode came on an, a half an hour earlier. I do know it's a, a shorter episode, I, I believe. Uh, but we got a ton of sound bites, nevertheless, guys. And we kick off the show. We're going to hear from Ted DiBiase. Now, we've heard from Dusty Rhodes. The announcement w- was made last week, but DiBiase wasn't in the studio. So it's our very first promo from the Challenger upcoming at the Omni. Right now, we're going to go off to Ted DiBiase as he addresses the announcement of his NWA title shot against the American Dream. Ted, of course, has been rated as a top contender for the World Heavyweight Championship. And recently, uh, during a vote uh, taken by all of you, uh, there was a vote for who would meet Harley Race for the World Heavyweight Championship. And on the recount, uh, Dusty Rhodes is the one who won that opportunity to meet Harley Race and uh, subsequently won the World Heavyweight Championship. I wanted to talk to Ted about this because, uh, well, first of all, uh, the world title is still your main goal, and yet uh, this has to have uh, sort of an adverse, or at least uh, to bring about a period of mixed emotions with you. Well, it's true, Gordon. First of all, I'm going to have to change my strategy because all of this time I've been uh, pursuing Harley Race, who held that belt for quite some time, and now Dusty Rhodes, who everyone knows is a very good friend of mine, uh, is the world champion, and... Uh, Although we're very good friends, we still have the, the same goal in mind. His is to hold on to that belt now, and mine is to take it from him. Like I said before, Dusty's a good friend, but just like when I was in college, Gordon, my very best friend, my roommate, as a matter of fact, for three years in college when we played football together, we had to go out on the field every day and compete against each other for the same position on the field. And uh, and that's that's what this is going to be like Should I, you know, when I go up against uh, Dusty Rhodes. Uh, Friendship's got to step completely out of the out of the picture. Uh, when you're stepping, it's business, and uh, you have to get down to business, and that's what it's going to be like. Let me ask you this then, Ted. Uh, in, in lieu of this fact, and uh, knowing that you're going to have to forget about friendships once you step inside that squared circle, uh, the fact is that, that you know that Dusty is the kind of a man who will go by the rules and regulate, and you're noted for the same thing. Exactly. So the way it would uh, size up as far as I'm concerned, Gordon, it would be one very aggressive match on both uh, people's parts involved in a very scientific wrestling match which, you know, eases my mind somewhat to know that I'm going to step in the ring with somebody that I don't have to worry about breaking the rules, but at the same time I know Dusty Rhodes and I know how aggressive he is, I know how big his heart is and, and, and the kind of desire the man has and I equally have that desire to be number one in my sport and uh, it's going to be one heck of a contest. Well, there's certainly no question about that. We'll be talking further to Ted DiBiase. I might just point out that he's been uh, undergoing an intensive training regimen, working out with such people as Steve-O, the Gibson brothers, Iron Mike Sharp, and many, many more. We'll talk more about that later on also. And, uh, Ted, when you do meet him, good luck. Good. Thank you very much. 
Ted DiBiase, outstanding athlete, certainly a number one contender for the World Heavyweight Championship. So there it was, and I don't know if you caught that. Gordon Soley says that Dusty Rhodes won the vote to get the world title shot against Harley Race on a recount. And I guess he's kind of alluding that it was almost a tie between Ted DiBiase and Dusty Rhodes there in the, in the voting. That's the way I took it, or he was actually saying, you stole my title. Well, it could, it could have been that as well. So I, I'm assuming that's why DiBiase gets slid in here into that, that title opportunity, because he was so close in the votes. Yeah, even though in all the videotape that we've seen of this, we don't even know where the vote came from. No. It was, <laughs> it's, it's never showed up in anybody's versions of this. I would have thought it would have showed up you know, in, in a best of somewhere. Now, if anybody out there has the box of ballots that this vote voting was taking place, I, I want to see them. Please, please show them to the world. I'm, I'm having some questions about this thing. I'm starting to think it was rigged a little bit here, if you know what I mean, Bebeth. <laughs> Even the episode where they say to vote, send your votes into Rocksville, Center, New York, whatever. This just came out of left field. I'm, I'm pretty sure it never happened. I think at the end of the day, <laughs> and they just announced it out of nowhere. Right. Uh, DiBiase here in this promo, you guys heard him. He says he's going to have to change his strategy. He was planning for Harley race, but now he's got the American dream instead. As we learn within just 24 hours, Ted DiBiase going to challenge his friend. He calls them friends. They're friends here, but they both have the same goal and that's to be the world champion. So DiBiase's friend and roommate in college, we learn competed with DiBiase for the same position on the football field for three years straight. That had to be rough. Uh, but uh, putting friendship aside here is DiBiase. They're going to get it done in the ring. It's all business. No friendship here. Heading into the Omni. Very intensive training regimen is Ted DiBiase under at this point. Uh, so uh, Gordon wishes him good luck. Yes. Yeah, so DiBiase likening this to his past experiences in college. His own roommate was the same guy playing the same position as he on the football team. And they had to compete for the starting position for three years straight. That had to be a rough game. But uh, obviously DiBiase using that as a reference here into, yeah, Dusty, you're my friend, but I'm going to do whatever it takes to be the best. And that's the way it should be. When, yeah. If you're going to have a face first face or even if you're going to have a heel first heel, both guys should be going in at the top of their game. Yeah, it could be and, rough on the friendship, but hey, man, at the end of the day, we're all in it for ourselves to a degree. Certainly want to make more money and be the best. And to be the best, you have to be the best. And that means beating out other people like your friends. And this time it's Dusty Rhodes. Now, I don't know if you watched the current product or not, but they kind of just had that kind of interview with Cody Rhodes and CM Punk on uh, Monday Night Raw the other night. Uh, I don't really keep up with it. I kind of read here and there, and I do watch the pay-per-views or the premium live events for those who want to correct me out there. Yeah, I I, uh, I, I didn't hear the promo, but I, I heard what the promo was about. So, yeah, it's uh, very similar. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, nice little touch. So we go on a couple of matches here on the show. The brand-new tag team, Bruce Reed and George Wells, back in the ring this week, defeating the team of Jose Medina and Buck Brannigan. Then from there, Jay Youngblood scoring a win over Gary Royal. And we've heard from the challenger. Now it's time yet again to hear... From the current NWA World Heavyweight Champion, here is Dusty Rhodes. Uh, World Heavyweight Champion Harley Race for that title here in Atlanta at the Omni just a couple of weeks ago. Dusty Rhodes, of course, had to immediately pick up all of the contractual commitments of Harley Race. He's been on the move. There's no question about that. Defending the World Heavyweight Championship uh, throughout the entire United States. And Dusty Rhodes had these comments, and I think they certainly bear listening to it this time. Here's World Heavyweight Champion Dusty Rhodes. You know, this is the envy of many a man, you understand? Harley Race for four years, you know, I, re I remember chasing Harley Race all over trying to win this piece of gold. Now I got the piece of gold. Now let me tell you something. 
there is one man above everybody else, above every other single human being that has got to be the real thorn in my side. Now, I could testify all night long, but when I was laying on the concrete in Atlanta, Georgia, up beside my car, jumped, beaten with a tire tool, I got thinking about reality. Now, you can write what you want. You can talk about wrestling. You can talk about uh, all the great fighters and all the great wrestlers and all the great football players and all the great athletes all over the world. I'm one of them. I am the man right now, Jack. And when I was laying, like I said, on that concrete, I thought of one thing. There is one man behind this thing. And it's going to come down sooner or later to me and Ole Anderson. Sooner or later, somewhere, someplace, he's going to get his chance at it. Like I say, I don't do it with finesse. <laughs> There's some things I do do with finesse. I do it with violence, vengeance, and I kick high of Ole Anderson, you choose the place. You choose the spot. I wonder if they ever had a world's title match in the parking lot. I'm going to put this belt up every single place I can, no matter how big or small. Think about the parking lot and the concrete real cold. Ole Anderson, you named the place. So Dusty sinks somewhere, someplace. It's going to come down to he... And Ole Anderson, so he's kind of promoting the next Columbus card as well here in Ohio. But think about the parking lot, Ole. Uh, name the time, name the place, Dusty Rhodes wanting revenge. He's alluding that he was attacked in a parking lot by Ole Anderson here in this promo. So while Dusty has Ted DiBiase on his mind tomorrow night at the Omni, and we're going to hear about that before this episode's over, Jamie. But in this particular interview, it's all about shilling the Columbus, Ohio show, which has almost become the secondary town here right now in the uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling territory. But it's uh, Dusty Rhodes going to be defending his NWA title against Ole Anderson before too long as well. And uh, as you said, it, it is their number two town. It sounds like they're getting ready to to build it back up to the level that they had it before they kind of scaled back a little bit. Ole and Dusty have been going at it in Columbus <laughs> since they started running Columbus. Right, yeah, absolutely. So the, the story is there locally plus nationally, because we know the big turn and all of that good stuff. So this has been going on for eons, guys, Ole Anderson and Dusty Rhodes. But I love that they're finding different challengers. It's not just rematch after rematch or the same match in the Omni as it is in Columbus. We've seen Harley Race get his title shot, Ted DiBiase upcoming, Ole Anderson, Kim Patera not too far off either. So lots of big challenges coming for the American dream. And we already saw in the house show results, Gordy and Snuka got title shots. Yeah, so Gordy, they, they are spreading the wealth here in the Georgia part anyway right now. For sure. Absolutely. Speaking of Gordy and Snuka, what a great segue. Up next, another promo lined up from the brand new tag team of this Superfly Jimmy Snuka and Terry Gordy. You know something, Gordon Sully? You still don't see no titles draped across these shoulders. But it's all going to come to a change, baby. It's all going to change. We're going to start out, and we're going to get the Georgia Tag Team titles. And we're not going to stop there, are we, brother? Let me tell you something, brother. We ain't going to stop from doing anything. We're going to try to take every title that we can. We're going to try to even take the World Tag Team titles. Every title that you name that's in the country, in the territory, everywhere. You bet you. We're going to go right to that top and try to take everything. 
Well, all right, I can understand. Obviously, everybody would like to become uh, champions, but uh, tomorrow night at the Omni, you got a man standing in your way, a young man by the name of Jay Youngblood. He's well, got me, vengeance in Well, let me tell you something. This little punk, I don't know why is he still coming around and trying to get into that ring and try to think that he's a big shot or something. Well, let me tell you something, Jay Youngblood. You might be chasing this man around. You have to chase him around because he's around everywhere. But tomorrow night at the Omni, I'm going to send you right back to the Indian reservation where you belong, you punk. So Gordy says here, they don't have the tag team titles yet, but he says it's going to change real soon. The Georgia titles, and then it's off to the world tag team titles. So their aspirations are high here. As Jimmy Snuka finally references Jay Youngblood as more than just an opponent, he calls him a punk in this promo. And tomorrow night, He'll be sent back, and I love this. This is, seems too clever for a Jimmy Snuka promo, but he's going to send Jay Youngblood back to the Indian reservation that he lived on. Yeah, somebody finally talked to Snuka and told him, you got to heal it up a little bit. So th- this is the, the official heel turn of Jimmy Snuka. Well, what do you want me to say, brother? Maybe somebody else fed him that line about the Indian reservation, but I popped. Yeah, no doubt. I don't think Snuka's coming up with that on his own. He, he would have said something else about King Curtis. Get well, brother. Get well, brother. But it's, uh, it's the funny thing here is if Patera had said it, I would have said, wow, that's a really smarmy asshole heel line to say. But when Snooka said it, I actually popped because I wasn't expecting that that detail, you know, coming from Superfly. Yeah. It's good to see Jimmy coming out now. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. And it's only going to get better as the summer goes on. And right now we head back to the ring for Bruno Sammartino Jr., guys. Yes, that is also a.k.a. David Sammartino up in the WWF. But it's a very young Bruno Jr. here, defeating Ed Timms here in five and a half minutes with a beautiful vertical suplex. Ah, ah. So a yep. basic move, going to get the job done. But David Sammartino, Bruno David Sammartino, or Bruno Jr., call him what you want. He is uh, now here in the Georgia Territory. And uh, man, we'll have to wait and see what they do with him here. But it's kind of interesting. What tie-in does Bruno have with the Georgia office? Well, he's just a legendary wrestler because Gordon never mentions former WWF champion or WWF champion, whatever you wanted to call Bruno, or even a former world heavyweight champion. Right. It was none of that. Just a legendary uh, wrestler out of New York, Bruno San Martino. Yeah, it's kind of odd that they want to keep the name but don't want to reference anything he has ever done. And and for this time period, I mean, I'm pretty sure that Vince Sr., was still getting along with the, the NWA promoters. I don't know how, how well he was working with the Georgia office, but he certainly got along with Eddie Graham still at this point. And uh, much Nick, I do believe, who I guess was retired or retiring right around here. But it's it's just kind of weird. Like you said, they, they keep the name. They're not hiding the fact of who he is or who his father was, but no real accolades mentioned here. No. And Bruno Jr. is coming off that run in uh, Amarillo after Blackjack and Murdoch had bought it from the Funks. Yeah, that went so well down there in Amarillo. Yeah, least, I, think they, I think they close it around this time, so that's why Bruno ends up here. Yeah, I got to find some work. And hey, I mean, somebody gave him a shot. He's here for a little bit anyway. As uh, we roll on, guys, we've heard of him a couple times already. We're going to hear from him again now. Getting closer, 24 hours away from the Omni, here he is, the wildfire, Tommy Rich. Much, Gordon. I certainly appreciate the compliments. You know, uh, the reason that is, just like I say, you know, it's because all the people out there that get behind Tommy Rich, you know, and, uh, you know, I won the Georgia heavyweight belt. I lost it, and now I'm after it again, you know, and that's what it's all about competition. You know, on any given day, anybody can be beat. You know, you come out here on TV, and, and a lot of times some people say, why do you wrestle these guys? They, they ain't got a chance, but that's how you make yourself. Everybody's got to start somewhere. It's where Tommy Rich started, and that's where a lot of these guys are starting. 
Let's take a moment right now to talk about tomorrow night at the Omni. You're going up against Ken Patera, the man who took that title away from you. Yes, sir, Mr. Pretty Boy, Mr. Ego, you know, whatever you want to talk about Ken Patera, you know, he talks about rednecks and geeks, and he calls all these people names. Well, them's my people he's talking about, Gord, so that's a little extra incentive, Patera. It's Omni, brother. It's Omni. I'm coming for two reasons. Yeah, yeah. Well, right here I am, brother. Well, I'm ready any time. But Omni, big mouth. You know what I'm going to do? You know what I'm going to do with Patera? I'm going to buy him a mirror. You know, that's all I got to worry about. I'll buy me a big six-by-six six mirror where Mr. Muscles can come pose. Yeah, well, get out there and pose, big mouth. Well, right here I am, Jack. Yeah. Well, yeah, just like I said, before I was so rudely interrupted, you know, no respect. That's what it's all about. But at the Omni Patera, we'll find out. We'll find, you know, his mouth might done be overloaded, his britches, Gordon. At the Omni you know, Patera, yeah, listen to him, Gordon. It's going to be pandemonium because when it's all over, I'm going to walk out with a title because I'm going to have me a big mirror there. So here it is, Tommy, back after that Georgia title, lost it last time around. It's the rematch tomorrow night versus the new champion, Ken Patera. Now we hear Ken Patera actually passing Rich on his way to the ring during this promo, and Tommy's sounding extra coherent this week. His promo may be the best promo I've ever heard from Tommy Rich as far as coherency goes thus far in the uh, 1981 time frame but Tommy's going to use a big mirror once again the same type of promo to distract Kim Patera distract the world's strongest man he's going to look at himself in the mirror and like you said it but nowadays it would have broken over his head but in 1981 Patera's just going to smile right at that mirror do a little flexing I think we would have got the a, biceps uh, we would have got a drop kick or something right from Tommy yeah I guess so yeah, it's I, I got to do something. That's just going to bring a mirror down there and do nothing. Unless Patera brings the mirror, of course. Well, but, no, uh, if Patera brings the mirror, you know, that's going over Tommy's head. But <laughs> Tommy, Tommy's the all-American boy. He wants those Georgia peaches. Now, we're being hypothetical, guys, because I don't believe there's a mirror anywhere near the ring come the Omni. No. But, <laughs> but, but, but you are right, Tommy. This was an excellent Tommy Rich interview. It's a shame Tommy doesn't continue this type of interview going forward instead of getting into the wild where you could just tell he's been drinking all night before he shows up to the show. He, he took his craft very serious <laughs> at this point. Uh, which craft are you referring to, the wrestling or the, the aftermath? <laughs> We're not talking about the ladies yet. Okay. Well, the ladies, the, the drinking, whatever. He, somebody was in his ear and he was, you know, since he came back, somebody's been in his ear and he has been concentrating thus far in 1981. He's been fairly on. I don't know that he's not still having a good time after the shows, but certainly not as much as he will in later years. That's, that's for, for sure. Yeah, when he's on, when he's on camera, Tommy Rich is it right now. It's no, yeah, he's no doubt about it. It's not until we get into 82 a little bit when we get into <laughs> Gary Hart and Kabuki and stuff like that, where he's and Piper, uh, I mean, hanging out with Piper, that'll, that'll do it to you too. Plus he's going to having to wrestle with- Buzz Sawyer every night. will do it to you as well. And he's going to become friends with Michael Hayes, so you know that the demons are coming. They're coming from all, all sides. Tommy Rich never had a chance. No, he, uh, he never had a chance. When we head off to the ring, Georgia heavyweight champion Ken Patera, of course, I said he meant he passed Tommy Rich during that promo on his way to the ring here. Patera defeating Johnny Savage in four minutes' time with the swinging full Nelson. But I had to write LMAO here, Jamie. I invite everybody to go back and watch this matchup July 4th on YouTube, Patera and Johnny Savage. This guy gets put in the full Nelson, the swing full Nelson, and he kind of just looks limp, dead. His eyes are kind of rolled up into his head. He's not really selling. It's just like you're playing dead. And it was just hilarious. His sell job was hilarious. He probably did that. He figured, you know what? If I just go as loose as I can, pretend I'm dead, I might not get hurt. 
<laughs> well, but, it, yeah, it, but, <laughs> but you're right there. I mean, it, it's not even, you know, like eyes bulging out. It's just eyes are, are <laughs> just, there. Yeah, it was. I don't even know what he was going for there, but Patera picks up the win anyway, as we're off now to a VTR once again from the NWA world champion, Dusty Rhodes. Last time it was all about Ole Anderson and Columbus, but this time it's all about his opponent tomorrow night in the Omni. Dusty Rhodes going to talk all about some Ted DiBiase. DiBiase is a chance of a lifetime. Ted DiBiase, great athlete, West Texas State, second generation wrestler. Great athlete, Ted DiBiase. The one thing that's missing from your repetitive, Jack. It's the goal on my shoulder. And a lot of people's talked about this match. They said it's going to be a great scientific match. Yes, it will. But the dream's got a little bully in him, you know. Just a little bit. And I ain't going to play with you, Jack, because I went too hard, too long for what I am can on my shoulder right now. It's going to be a good while before they come down the pike and get it. You understand? So it's going to be one hell of a match. Dusty Rose and Ted DiBiase. Damn, they won't forget it. But I don't know if you're really ready for the battle, baby. Because in the heat of battle, the dream can get real, real bad. So Dusty again reiterating. Now he knows it's going to be a great match. A hell of a match. But Dusty ain't playing with Teddy here. He says he's not playing with him, guys. There's a little bully inside of Big Dust. And he worked too long and too hard to lose the title so quickly. He's going to be champion for a good while. Dusty doesn't know if Ted is ready for a world title shot yet. Strong words there. Maybe a little shoot. Dusty Rhodes telling Ted DiBiase, I don't even know if you're ready for this belt, DiBiase. Yeah, that's the way I interpreted it. I mean, now that we know we know how things supposedly happened, you and I weren't there. We no. don't know 100 We go in hindsight and the stories that are told. And, sure. And the stories we've heard and I've heard from enough reputable sources that, you know, that's the way it happened. And Dusty's just telling Teddy, you know, don't get too full of yourself here. And it almost comes off as a kind of a heelish Dusty Rhodes interview. Yeah, and and th- that's good. As world champion, you'd rather have the champion play the in a baby versus baby match you're, you're trying to set up because the world champion should be the draw anyway. So if he gets a little heel, that's okay. It's the other guy you don't want to, you know, shit on too much. So I, I like the DiBiase's the underdog walking in. I like the Dusty's getting a little heel promo here. I, heel Dust could have been a fun, fun time here as champion. Heel Dust anywhere along the line would have been a good thing. Well, true that. I I mean, he should have did that in Crockett later on, and he would have been big. Kind of like Hogan waited too long to turn heel. Dusty should have done the same thing. Yeah, Hogan did wait far too long to turn heel, but it still worked, you know, for the short term. Unfortunately, you know, his body had been beaten up by that point. You really couldn't. Not that Hogan was ever the greatest worker on earth, but he could have done a little more a little earlier in his career had he done that. But he was afraid to, obviously. And Dusty, you know, instead of doing that, like you said, in the mid 80s, once, you know, things started to die down and other guys started taking off, it was time to do that. And he just, he wouldn't let himself turn heel, unfortunately. But I agree with you. The American dream selling out to the to greed, that's that's un- unbelievable. But, yeah, um, especially if and JCP could have gotten away with it. Maybe not here like in Georgia at the time where he's, you know, he's on TV and he right. is still a traveling attraction. But in JCP, he the, the roots were down. He wasn't going anywhere. He yeah, could have turned heel with the eventual face turn. And the promo here, I mean, if you wonder, Dusty's been a babyface forever, ever since he turned face in, in Florida. But you wonder, can he still do it? Can he still cut a heel promo? And proof is in the pudding here. It's not like he was out here saying he was going to go murder Ted DiBiase or anything like that, but just just the little things. Yeah, DiBiase, don't step over that line or the bull of wood's going to kick your hiney. Now, here is the catch in all of this, guys. We just heard this VTR from Dusty Rhodes. 
But so did Ted DiBiase. You see, while the video was playing, DiBiase was standing alongside Gordon Soley in the studio. And right now we're going to throw to that promo. We're going to hear what Ted DiBiase has to say about Dusty Rhodes and his interview. You know, of course, you mentioned in, in high school, your roommate, the two of you battled for the same position on the football team. That's right, Gordon. And like I said before, Dusty and I had everybody knows that we've been friends for a long time. But just like Dusty just said, he says, Teddy, I'm not going to play with you. Well, Dusty, you may have chased Harley Race for an awful long time, but I've been chasing the world title since I was old enough to see what a wrestling match was and know what it was all about. Wrestling is not simply my, and the World Heavyweight Championship is not simply my career goal, Dusty. It's my lifetime ambition, my lifetime dream. And you said, I better be ready and I better come with everything I got. Well, Dusty, I'm coming. I'm coming with both barrels loaded and I'm coming to win. Thank you so very much. Ted DiBiase, truly a great athlete and a fine, fine young gentleman. So Gordon Soley pointing out that DiBiase, he once had a roommate. Again, they're talking about the college deal and whatnot to kind of refresh everybody from earlier in the program, uh, basically saying that, yeah, Dusty, you're my friend, but the world title is more important to me. It's all about business. It's all about my life. And uh, DiBiase, he says he knows Dusty has been chasing race for a long time, but Teddy has been chasing the dream, not the American dream, but the dream. Maybe there's a little bit of something in that, that text there, but he's been chasing the dream of the world championship since he was a kid watching the matches when his father wrestled. So it's not just a career goal for DiBiase. It's his lifetime ambition. I love that line there. DiBiase, very straightforward here. He's coming with both barrels loaded. He's coming to win. So both guys mean business. And I love that. Yeah, it's a great interview. It's just a shame that this didn't get another month or two run. I mean, they wouldn't have had to, to do it at the next Omni show, but maybe the one after that, they could have gone back to it again. A lot left on the table, I think, with this feud. Oh, I, I totally agree. This is where you, we know DBS is going to turn heel in about a year or so in the Mid-South Territory. But man, imagine DBS going heel on Dusty here. And I, again, they can't really pull the trigger on Dusty doing the heel turn and maybe even go baby and baby again. And these guys just get hot and heavy when they get in there and they lose their cool. I'm, I'm down for a rematch between these two after this, but it's, it's just not meant to be, unfortunately. Yeah, imagine a Teddy turn and he teams up with Gordy and Snooker. Oh, wow. What a... What a group. My God, they would have owned Georgia forever. As, uh, we're going to continue on, though, for now, because we're going to have more DiBiase and Dusty upcoming at the Omni, guys. But for now, it's off to another promo. This time we're going to hear from Bruno Sammartino Jr. also standing by with him. It's George Wells and Bruce Reed. Well, some newcomers to Georgia Championship Wrestling. And first of all, uh, let me take an opportunity. The latest newcomer, I'm of course, about uh, Bruno Sammartino Jr. And may I compliment you on an outstanding match? Oh, thank you, Mr. Soli. Uh, may I also like to add that uh, it's such a pleasure for me to be here in Georgia area because here you have the top competition of the whole world. So it's such an honor and such a thrill for me to be competing uh, here in Georgia. And I just hope that I can prove myself to the fans of a worthy competitor here. Well, I certainly think you're off to a doggone good start. I mentioned, of course, uh, uh, during your match, it was just 1979 that uh, you were declared the, uh, uh, the strongest teenager in the United States. Uh, you're a powerlifting champion. Yes, that's all behind me now. Now, of course, I'm a professional wrestler, so I have to go on. But that's, that is correct. I, uh, all my life, uh, I, I trained with the ways to prepare myself for the ring there. And uh, now I'm trying to do the best of it. And you had the greatest teacher in the world, too, I might add, your dad. Oh, yes, that's been the biggest influence to me here. Uh, he's coached me. He's brought me up. He's taught me the basics. He's brought me on to where, to where I'm trying to get. So... Yeah, so he's helped me out a great deal. Certainly no question about that. We'll be talking a lot more to Bruno Sammartino Jr., but right now let me turn some attention to uh, 
Thanks so much. Okay. Real pleasure. Now let me turn my attention to this new tag team combination, and uh, what a combination they have proven to be, George Wells and uh, Bruce Reed. Yeah, we're starting to come along right now. We're not quite satisfied with our performance right at the are the best tag teams in the nation. So they spend the time speaking with the future David San Martino here, Jamie, once billed as the strongest teenager in the United States, but he's now focused on being the best wrestler that he can be. And David, he's going to, Bruno Jr., sorry, guys, he's going to be here through November, so he's going to have some time to shape up here on Georgia TV. But finally, solely going to turn his attention to George Wells, looking for a promo here. And Wells, he gets about one sentence out before they're cut off and they go to commercial. And half of that sentence was bleeped. And it wasn't some kind of, uh, you know, just uh, screw up on the tape. I actually have two different versions of this promo. Both of them are bleeped. So whatever George Wells said in his one sentence here on TV, it was, it was bleeped out. Even George Wells is entitled to make a mistake. And poor Bruce Reed gets no, 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 no time again. Two, two in a row. Well, you know, I saw this promo before I saw the other one with uh, a Reed, George Wells, and Steve O from the, the week prior. So this one, I was like, wow, they let George Wells speak about seven words and they cut to commercial abruptly. And then I go watch the other one and then Wells gets to talk and then Reed doesn't get any time. So not really giving, giving these guys a whole lot of promo time. No, they didn't. So uh, we roll on, guys. A couple more matches here before we head back to the sound bites. Up next, it's Jimmy Snuka and Terry Gordy defeating the team of Abe Jacobs and Bobby Garrett. And then Blackjack Mulligan in the studio this week. He's going to defeat the big man Rick Link. One of your favorites, Jamie. Guys, signed up to your old... <laughs> My old newsletter. New, old newsletter. There you go. I remember. So, uh, But Mulligan in the studio, so we'd be remiss if we didn't get him on the microphone as well. So off now to Gordon Sully standing by with a big blackjack. Well, may I just say it was not too terribly long ago, Mr. Mulligan, that you and Mr. Brody had your problems. Well, I'm going to tell you something, Gordon. I'll tell you, first of all, let me tell you, I'm proud to be here today. But what we have here is a failure between me and Brody to communicate just a little bit. But he has got to understand something. That he is not going to shove me around like he does everybody else. Now, I understand we got a little piece of film there of the last match, Gordon. And I'm going to tell you something right now, Brody. It is a knockdown, drag-out type situation. Every time we get in the ring, you know, it's a very embarrassing situation for you, Brody, to find out somebody, when you give them a punch, a couple of your teeth knock loose or your nose comes off. It doesn't matter. It can be any place, anywhere, anytime, Gordon. I'll guarantee you we're going to get together. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do right now. Let's take a look at the last time these two met. Men, these two men met in the squared circle, and uh, you talk a, about a collision of giant proportions. This was exactly it. In fact, the matter is the match went all over. Well, I'll tell you what. This thing, by no uh, stretch of imagination, can be billed as a wrestling match because every time Brody and I get together, we just go at it. There's go. There's some punches right there, and those are some bombs laying in there. Brody's a big, big man, about 300 pounds. We're looking. We eyeball to eyeball right now. Now, Brody understands only one thing, and that's brute force. And you've got to take it to him, and you've got to take it to him hard and fast. But with a man like him, with a man like Brody, you've got to be careful. You've got to watch every minute. Every time we get together, this thing can start in the ring, but it winds up on the outside, it winds up everywhere. Now, I'm a little bit upset now. I'm fixing to lose my cool at this point. And I'm still hammering Brody, but he's taking everything I got, and he's a tough man. He can hang right in there. Here we are going, we're back outside again. We go all over the stadium, we go all over the arena, we're going down the aisle right there. It makes no difference. Here I am saying right here, I'm asking for a no disqualification match. No rules, everything barred is what I'm saying right now. I'm begging for it. And Gordon, it doesn't matter where it's at. You pick any state in the union, you pick any place you want to, Brody. 
because you and I are going to get together. You're going to quit running roughshod all over these kids down here and quit pushing them around because this old Texas boy, you can't push around anymore. So, Brody, all you got to do is be a man for the first time in your life. Step in the ring, and we'll see how tough Bruiser Brody really is, Gordon. So Blackjack steps up there. They throw it off to the Omni. Highlights of the last Bruiser Brody Blackjack Mulligan match winds up in a wild brawl, the two men fighting all the way to the backstage area. Now, Brody reportedly wins that match on a DQ, which leads to a rematch here being announced for the next Omni show tomorrow night, July the 5th. This time, no disqualification, no time limit. Man, they're booking this card with with no notice. Uh, This matchup, 24 hours notice, a big matchup, no DQ, Mulligan and Brody. And this is the first time we've seen Mulligan live in the studio since April. When he was here with his son. Oh, well, yeah, you're right. I I guess advance was low. So, hey, Brody, hey, Mulligan, have a getting in here tomorrow night. You're not booked anyplace else. And let's try to bring some more fans in. Uh, Moving forward, I know these guys, counting this matchup upcoming tomorrow night, spoiler alert, guys, uh, these guys are going to fight at least at the next three straight Omni cards. So they're going to be here for a bit of time here working with each other. As uh, we continue on, we heard from Blackjack Mulligan. Now it's off to the other side. Here he is, Bruiser Brody. Mr. Rick Link, Bruiser Brody has uh, just appeared on the scene, as it is uh, quite obvious. As a gentleman, I want to make one thing clear that you didn't make clear. In the last Omni, Bruiser Brody was the winner, so the score in this whole thing is BB1, Cowboy Mulligan, zero. Thank you. Now, as the regular Bruiser Brody, I want to make one other thing clear. Come in here real close, real close. I want you to look at my face. I've been beat up before. I've been beat up by bigger guys than Mulligan, and I've been beat up by smaller guys. And I ain't ashamed to look at nobody out there and tell about it. But let me tell you one thing you forgot, Mulligan. And you better remember it before you climb in that ring in the Omni. If you're one of those few that do get a piece of my you can bet your last nickel I'm going to get up. Because I always got up when I got beat up before. And when I get up, I'm going to get you. And you know what I mean when I say get you. I'll get him. Well, it's no no disqualification and no count out. I don't need a count out. I don't need a disqualification. What I need is Big Mouth Cowboy Mulligan backing up what he's been passing out. I love, Brody, the approach in the past. You talked about it sneaking up behind Gordon. Gordon not so happy with the wild antics of Bruiser Brody all around the podium area. But this week, Brody, I don't know if he did it mocking Gordon or whatever, but he actually walks up to Gordon and says, as a gentleman, he shakes Sully's hand here. Uh, but really, the, the, as the promo goes on, Brody gets a little more uh, into it here, reiterating that he was declared the winner. He wants everybody to know that he was indeed the winner of the last match with Blackjack Mulligan. I think it was by DQ, which obviously brings up the no DQ here in the rematch. So the score is Brody one, Blackjack zero. And I love what Brody did there with his hands, the hand gestures. But uh, you guys will have to go watch that for yourself. we we'll make a good gif. Let's just put it that way. But Brody, he isn't afraid to be beat up, and he's looking forward to the rematch with Mulligan. Yeah, Brody likes pounding away. He likes getting hit. It should be a good match. Yeah, he's not scared. Another, another no, no, no. A slobber knocker, to say the least. 
Perfect words. By definition. <laughs> As uh, we go on, we saw Blackjack in action. Now we head back to the ring. This time it's Bruiser Brody in the ring, taking on Ed Kitchens. And Brody brings everything but the Kitchens sink here as he defeats Ed Kitchens in two minutes time with a big body slam and the Brody knee drop. And post-match, Bruiser Brody going to storm up to Gordon once again, bumps him in the back. So after shaking his hand originally, this time bumping solely from behind, uh, I don't think Gordon could have liked that very much. No, Gordon was not happy with Brody throughout (laughs) this whole entire run even when brody returns what is it late 82 you could just see gordon constantly <laughs> looking over his shoulder to make sure brody starts sneaking behind him yeah it's it's just funny you know brody kind of comes out originally nice and calm shakes his hand tells him he's a gentleman whatnot and then here after the matchup oh there it was we were waiting for it and he just kind of walks past gordon and bumps him in the back i did not like that as well, we well how would you like to be ed kitchens here you're you're in the back you're just waiting around who am I going to get to work with today? Right, and, right. you know, Nick Patrick or Scrappy McGowan comes up and says, hey, Ed, uh, you're in hour number one. And you're going to go against uh, Bruiser Brody. Oh, man. Like, ten, oh, no. Please just make it short. 10 to 12 guys you could possibly be wrestling, and you have the bad luck of drawing Bruiser Brody. <laughs> I wonder who Kitchen's pissed off. Well, the funny thing is, most of the guys that Brody wrestles, and not everyone, but most of them, are names we don't see before or again. So it's kind of like when you get when you start off, it's like, well, we don't really want this guy around anyway, so let's let's deter him from coming back. Let's just give him Brody tonight. So we'll have to see if Ed Kitchens even returns. Now, I had heard that Brody, after he beat up a jobber in the back, would usually go out and thank him oh, okay. for well, making him look good. Well, don't ruin the uh, the aura of the whole thing on me, Jamie. I thought he just beat the shit out of him and, and went his merry way. <laughs> well, all right. I'll, t- I'll retract that statement, right? <laughs> okay. Well, it's okay. You said you said he thanked them. You didn't say he apologized. So that, that, no, it's still, I didn't it's still okay. No, I I said he thanked them for making him look good. Right. That, that's what I I had heard. Okay. Well, I, Brody before. I, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Hey, thanks for taking that boot out of the wheelchair there that you didn't know was coming. I appreciate that. As uh, the program goes on, Ted DiBiase, of course, tomorrow night gets his title shot against Dusty Rhodes. So this week we get the good old fashioned public workout in the ring. Jamie, Ted DiBiase going to prepare for his big NWA world title match against Dusty Rhodes with a public workout. He's going to be in the ring with several of his friends, Ricky and Robert Gibson, Steve-O, Tommy Rich, and Mike Sharp. Five guys here to work out with Ted DiBiase. As uh, the idea of these things, it's not a wrestling match. It's uh, basically a sparring contest with some of your friends to prepare yourself for your title shot. Right. And it was a nice little segment. I mean, overall, it's a very boring yes. segment to see. Nine minutes long. A, a little too long. A workout. But it was interesting to see him go up against Tommy Rich and Mike Sharp, especially. I remember watching it live thinking Sharp might turn on him here. Oh, that didn't happen. Yeah. Right. Because as I was saying earlier on, this is the first show that I ever saw live in my own house. Yeah, you, I'd you, seen other ones, right. but just about every show from here on out, I try to make sure I'm home Saturday nights. No, to watch no more running across the wrestling. street to the other cable company, right? No. And <laughs> and I was a smart enough fan at this point to realize, you know, what I didn't know the whole story, everything going on, but I, I kind of thought Sharp might turn in this instance. You know, as dull as this segment is because it goes on for so long, Gordon Sully's commentary throughout this made this, once again, as usual, make a, I don't know, it's not a big fight feel, 
but it's certainly a, a, re, a real, realistic feel to a, a sports competition here. DiBiase preparing himself, Gordon likening this to a sparring contest preseason in the NFL. You need sparring, says Gordon Soley here, as he talks about DiBiase demanding opponents, if you will, uh, of various heights, weights, and sizes so that he can prepare for everything. And it all starts out with Mike Sharp locking in his full Nelson and DiBiase being able to escape. Now, Mike Sharp being the big, strong, burly man, he moves on from there to Robert Gibson, who's in there for the speed, says Gordon Soley. So some great counters, some good wrestling here. Is Teddy going to apply the spinning toehold, one of his old-time finishers, on Robert, and he lets him go? Then Ricky Gibson's turn. As Gordon says, they're picking up the speed. They're at three-quarters speed now. They're not going at full speed because, you know, this isn't a real contest. So again, Gordon's commentary really helps sells this to me. Oh, yeah, because... Gordon was the consummate professional, and I always thought he sounded more sports announcer in Florida than he did Georgia. But this right. reminded me of his Georgia broadcasting. Yeah, whenever it just he, sounded, it just sounded different. Right, him on Florida and Georgia, same voice. It just sounded different. I think Eddie Graham demanded a little different. You know, Bob Roop's talked about that many a times that Eddie Graham really treated it as a real and a sport, and that's the way it was sold. Now, obviously, you got your angles and your characters and whatnot as well. But in general, I think that's why Gordon was kind of asked to do that more so down in Florida. But he's, we, this is at least the third time, I think, this year that we've heard Gordon really break down a segment for us. And it was great. I mean, this was the same thing as Muhammad Ali. How many times did he end up defending his title against a former sparring partner? Right. Yeah. Yeah. A few of the heavyweights. Uh, did I, that I, I mean, it was, uh, if I remember correctly, Joe Frazier, you know, after Ali got out of jail, took him under his wing, and they were living together in Philadelphia and stuff. Oh, we see, we see how that all turned out. In, in yeah, time. we see how that turned out. That's yeah, it's like Dusty life. and DiBiase, right? Like the, the, on the old roommate story and everything. Hey, you want to be yeah. the best? You got to take on whomever's in your way. So it right, kind of all ties exactly. back to this. But it's kind of fun here because in reality, guys, it's DiBiase against some of his friends. It's got to be the baby faces, and it's got to be whoever's in the, in the backstage locker room area, right? But on TV, Gordon sells it like this was done intentionally. You got Mike Sharp, the big burly man, Robert Gibson with the speed, Ricky Gibson with his experience in the ring. So then we have Steve-O, who just happens to be DiBiase's tag team partner right now. And DiBiase going to get in there, some good psychology used as they look for the figure four. Now, see, DiBiase, one of Dusty Rhodes' many moves is the figure four leg lock. And it's Ted DiBiase strategizing here on how to escape the move from being applied to his legs. So, again, more story here. It's It makes sense. Good psychology leading into it. And of course, last but certainly not least, Tommy Rich in here and just some of your basic wrestling countering. Again, the figure four segment with Tommy as the fans chant, go Tommy, go against Ted DiBiase. This is his time, but I love the fact that the fans are more behind Tommy Rich. Well, he's a Georgia boy. I mean, he is <laughs> one of them. I mean, yes, the, the fans have liked Ted DiBiase since he came in. But uh, honestly, even through the Freebird thing, did he get this the Superman push by himself? No, no, right. he was always he was always teamed up with someone. Right. So I just I found it funny that the fans are chanting "Go Tommy, go!" during a Ted DiBiase segment preparing for tomorrow night. But no harm, no foul. They move on and they actually start now. What what did Dusty Rhodes defeat Harley Race with for the world title, guys? One foot, one foot off the top rope, cross body block. So here on Georgia TV, Ted DiBiase going to take a few cross bodies and every time turn it over, roll over use the momentum to land on top and likely secure the win. So it felt like breaking kayfabe to me a little bit here, but he's taking cross bodies and he's turning it over on top. Right. He's preparing for everything. 
I did also like that during this uh, scrimmage, if you will, DiBiase giving his own partner, Steve-O, a power slam. Only one real wrestling move done here, and it's on his own partner, and it was Steve-O, so it was glorious. I told you Steve-O <laughs> is a star to make him, right? Well, he's got a few months left to prove it, I guess. I'll, I'll bet this was DiBiase's idea. I'm going to put Steve-O over. <laughs> okay, by power slamming him? Okay. By power slamming him. Okay. Oh, I don't know. Because the cowboy Jamie. called him up and asked him to do that for him. Oh, the cowboy. Wow, the cowboy. Damn. How come cowboy it, never brought Steve-O in? What wasn't Buck. It was the cowboy. Is that what it was? Yeah. Well, well now, now we know the rest of the story. So we get the big warm-up there. And then following that warm-up, it's off to a promo. They stop by. Tommy Rich going to talk to Gordon Sully once more. They're going to talk a little bit about the warm-up. But then Tommy gets an uninvited guest in the Georgia champion and his opponent tomorrow night, Ken Patera. I'm hopeful of talking to a gentleman uh, who is known as the world's strongest wrestler. And, uh, well, Tommy Rich is nearby, so uh, excellent workout. You know what? I think the man's ready. You know, I like Dusty Rhodes. I like Ted DiBiase. You know, like it was said earlier, business is business. You know, and, and this should be should be one heck of a night. You know, I'm looking forward. I got some interest down there, but I'm going to be there for a reason, too. Well, if it ain't Big Mouth. What's going on, Big Mouth? Well, you're doing all the talking yeah. here. Yeah. You throw little things around your neck. I think Dusty Rhodes is going to kick you where the sun don't shine, boy. Well, I wish I had the opportunity. Do it. Do it. I wish I had the opportunity. Ted, good work. I look right here right now. Ted, may, may yeah. I ask you, you, and, yeah. you, may I ask you gentlemen, to, to, to leave? I would like to talk to Mr. Patera, please. And I'd... Why don't you two young boys try to act like gentlemen? Such as an educated man, such as myself. You know, last week I told everybody that I explained these gold medals. Now, Gordon, I shall do that. You know, I got so many credentials. I got all the gold. And it just keeps stacking up and stacking up. And I always love to talk about myself. I always love to remind Ken Patera how great he actually is. These were from the Pan American Games in 1971, Kelly, Columbia. This was the overall championship medal that I attained down there 10 years ago as an amateur. These are individual gold medals. I'm the only one to ever participate in the Pan American Games and win all of my events in weightlifting. Four gold medals. The clean and press, the snatch, the clean and jerk, and the overall number one that said and proved that Ken Patera was the strongest man in the world in 1971, and I still maintain that. And as far as Tommy Rich goes, Tommy Rich says that this belt belongs to him. Well, Tommy Rich, you just come after it and I'll stick it down your throat, Thank boy. you very much, Ken Patera. Well, as you see there, Jamie, the feud continues on. Ken Patera mocking Ted DiBiase, says Dusty's going to beat him tomorrow night. DiBiase not on the same level as Big Dust. As Gordon dismisses the baby faces, DiBiase and Tommy Rich walk off. And Patera, he shows off his gold medals, his credentials from the 1971 Pan American Games. The only one to win all of his events, four gold medals in the 1971 Pan Am. So pretty good feat there by Ken Patera. And it's legit, guys. Uh, but he says, you two boys act like gentlemen. I love that line there. It's a great heel stuff from Ken Patera once again. But if you ask the generic fan, they think they were Olympic medals. Sure, sure. They would say, oh, he didn't win the gold medals. No, they, they just melted. Even though it was Pan Am, 
he never denied it wasn't Olympic gold medals because he always wore the Olympic thing on his um sure his well, he was, uh, he was his, his ringing gear right he was in the Olympics but I don't believe he medaled in the Olympics no he he did not it all goes together it all works you put all the credentials together and then the uh, appearing on the uh, one of the early tough man competitions and Kid Patero was oh, the yeah. real deal he was supposed to go to, to the uh, last Barry Rose fan fest. And he couldn't make it because he was having back surgery done. I wanted to meet him in the worst way. I, I never met Ken because I wanted to ask him a serious question. What was it like to be at the Olympic Games in 72 when all the Israeli athletes were massacred? Well, you know, Bob Roop was there. And, he didn't compete in the 72s. Oh, he was, he was in the 68. Yeah, he was in the 68 Olympics, but he went to the 72 Olympics. So he was there. We haven't talked about it yet, but I'm looking forward to talking to him about that situation as oh, well. Wow. Yeah, he he didn't wrestle for several months there because he went off to uh, was it Germany at that point? Yeah, it was yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's where the Olympics were held. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So he was over there competing off and on a little bit for professional wrestling as well, but not during the Olympics. He actually went over there just to watch the Olympics. So he was there. So I'm looking forward to getting into that with him. Okay, I'll be I'll be listening to that one for sure. Yeah. Uh, we go on here, guys. Wow. Angelo King Kong Mosca popping up here in the Georgia Territory, scoring a win over Ken Timms in four minutes with a sleeper hold. So Angelo Mosca here for the Omni tomorrow night. Going to be taking on, who is his opponent? Is it Steve-O? It is Steve-O, the national championship on the line tomorrow night. Steve-O defending against Angelo Mosca. Big nasty. Yeah, King Kong coming in for a, uh, or as the fans were yelling to him, ping pong. So I, I guess he must he must have been there. I'm unfamiliar with he was or not. He must have had a pretty recent run in Georgia, I guess, for fans to be calling him ping pong. He's just about to begin his WWF run at this point. He's getting there. Yep, very close. And he's only in here for the weekend, so uh, or maybe a week. But uh, Mosca won't be here very long. He's really just in here, I guess, to get on TV quickly and, and uh, have a matchup with you know your buddy Steve-O. As we close out this edition of Georgia Championship Wrestling, fireworks in the ring. Tons of baby faces all around. As it's a standby six-man tag team match, going to see Wildfire Tommy Rich, Steve-O, tri-champion Steve-O, that is, and Iron Mike Sharp score a win over Big Jim Duggan, Gypsy Joe, and Rick Ferreira. Now, this was a standby match, not a lot of time left on the card, so Tommy Rich going to go over pretty quickly here on Ferreira with the Thez Press. Match only goes about a minute and a half, but just a fun little uh, matchup to close the show. And the fans were rabid for it. Oh, they were, and it was the end of the show, and they were just happy to see a bunch of baby faces out there getting over. And Jim Duggan, oh, yeah. as soon as the, the three count hits, Jim Duggan just leaves his team in disgust. Tough guy. Yeah, the further his heel turn for when he uh, comes back later in the year. Oh, I loved it. It showed that Jim Duggan was a step above these other two guys that he's out there with. They lose, and he's disgusted. He's better than them. And uh, we roll on here to July 5th, the day of the Omni. But before we get there, 535 special start time this week. Best of championship wrestling. And a couple of promos here as we head into the Omni program. First, Another promo here, Freddie Miller standing by with the Superfly and Terry Gordy. The tag team, we're talking about Jimmy Superfly Snuka and the former Freebird, Terry Gordy. That's right, it is the former Freebird, Freddie Miller. You know there's a lot going on out there in the wrestling world today. And everywhere you look, baby, you see the Superfly and you see Terry Gordy's name right there on top. And you know something else? You see us rubbing people's noses in that mat just like we like to do. But one thing, Freddie Miller, we haven't got no paddles draped across his shoulders yet. But that won't, it won't last long. We will have them, won't we, brother? That's right. You know, Terry, there's one thing I'd just like to mention about my man back here. Don't have to mention about his the old Freebird anymore about him. Right now, we're back into our new stuff. 
and we're getting down. And there's only one thing I like to mention, Terry, that we don't need nobody. We don't need you out there. All we need is just Terry and the shoot. Thank you, gentlemen. Your time's up. Let me mention one thing a week. So this time they allude to it. The former Freebird, Terry Gordy, looking for the tag team titles. As Jimmy Snuka talks about the people out there in TV Wonderland, brother. And he actually used that line in WWF years later, so I popped for that. TV Wonderland. So at least Snuka knows he's a heel now. This is the first heel-heel promo I think we get from Jimmy Snuka. Uh, but he did, did reference Jay in that as a punk in that other one, so take it for whatever you will, guys. But So Jimmy Snuka says that he doesn't have the old Freebird, as in Terry Gordy being a Freebird in the past, but... They're doing the new stuff now. So the new stuff being the team of Snuka and Gordy. So they don't need anybody else, brother. It's just going to be Snuka and Gordy moving forward. And here they finally dismiss Michael Hayes. Or it could be actually new stuff. You, you know, Michael had the old stuff and they got new stuff. True that, brother. They probably do have a whole lot of new stuff. Uh, <laughs> as much as he references Curtis and the stories coming out <laughs> or just came out here on the recent uh, Wrestling Stoop with Bob Roop about Curtis IAK over in Australia. There could very well be a tie-in with some new stuff here, brother. Absolutely. <laughs> and so we go on. One more promo here this week, guys, and it's from who else but Mr. Personality, Steve-O. Slinkered by Steve-O, our next guest on the best of this week. He has two belts simultaneously. He's half of the Georgia Tag Team Champions, and he's the National Heavyweight Champion, so I know things are going good. Well, things are going good, too, you know, Freddie Millen. And Tommy Rich has always said before, when the fans are behind you, it seems to make it that much easier. You know, when we're coming to Gainesville, Georgia, we're coming to Marietta, we're going to be in Tifton, and there's all good people. They're all good people that just keep it going on. It makes it easy, or a little bit easier for you to attain big championships. You know, Patera comes out here with big muscles. Sure, he worked long and hard to get where he's at, but so did a lot of other people. A lot of other people look worked long and hard to get where they're at in the wrestling business and right now the gold the gold is what it's all so high and there'll be action going there and all over that area but right now steve i want to thank you so steve olsonowski freddie miller out here mentioning he's a dual champion but jamie you've corrected him he's actually a tri-champion yes he is he still hasn't lost the georgia junior title that we know of that we I know mean, of that, that we know of i never saw a result so technically he's still the champ to this day and I did write here in my notes, I said, it doesn't sound like Steve-O is reading from a book anymore. He actually has emphasis behind the words that are coming out of his mouth. This, I know I said it in the last interview, but this may have been the best Steve-O interview yet. No, I, I won't argue that. Not that any of them were very good prior to this, but this was a normal, typical babyface promo. And it wasn't like Milk Toast Rougeau brother WWF promo. This was a, a pretty decent promo here. Steve, he has a tough task in front of him with a, what'd you say, ping pong Mosca? Tomorrow Ping night. Pong oh, Mosca, yes. Uh, later tonight, I should say. Next Sunday night, July 5th, the Omni in Atlanta. A freight card, summer spectacular. Bruno Sammartino Jr. against the Angels. Robert and Ricky Gibson against Brian St. John and Big Jim Duggan. Steve O against King Kong Mosca. Gordy and Valentine against Reed and Wells. Youngblood against Snuka. Blackjack Mulligan against Bruiser Brody. No count out, no disqualification. For the Georgia title, Tommy Rich goes back for the belt, now held by Ken Patera. For the world's title, Dusty Rhodes champion against Ted DiBiase. Next Sunday night, the Omni. But before we get to the Omni results, just really quickly, we're going to go back to July 4th outdoor show in front of the fireworks in Calhoun, Georgia. I don't have the results, but it had to be fun. I don't know how close Calhoun is to Carrollton, but they did have a card outside. You have to figure it played into some fireworks show. It probably did. Also on July the 4th, they were in Carrollton at the fairgrounds. Bruno San Martino Jr. over Gypsy Joe. Jill Fontaine defeating Donna Christianello. George Wells over Angelo Mosca on a DQ. 
and Ted DiBiase teaming with Steve-O defending their national tag team titles, scoring a win here on Independence Day over Jimmy Stuka and Terry Gordy. Must have been one hell of a main event. Must have been. As uh, we go on to a ton of main events here, or uh, you, would, you would imagine so, July 5th, guys, where the real fireworks take place, says Kim Patera, at the Omni in Atlanta, on the card, Bruno San Martino Jr. over the French Angel, Ricky and Robert Gibson defeating Jim Duggan and Brian St. John, national champion Steve-O going to a draw with King Kong Mosca, who really specifically came in for this match with Steve-O, so it's kind of odd knowing Mosca's leaving. Well, it's not odd, it's Mosca, but uh, he's not going to do the job here for Steve-O, but Still a little more experienced, Steve-O, working, uh, really, in some cases, Moscow was a main eventer in certain places. Again, he probably just stopped on the way through. Maybe he is on his way up to New York at this point, or maybe he's on his way up to Toronto and just stopped off for the weekend. I mean, he's another George Scott guy. Right. Yeah, absolutely. He's still not putting anybody over, though. Well, he's King Kong. (laughs) I'll come in for you, George. King Kong doesn't put anybody over. I I I ain't doing any jobs. wouldn't wouldn't put over Godzilla. Uh, King Kong ain't got shit on Steve. (laughs) <laughs> I think that's how the line goes as uh, we, we roll on here. Tag team action. Ooh, let's look at the talk about George Scott guys, Greg Valentine in the next match, kind of random. He wasn't even on TV. It's Bruce Reed and George Wells defeating the team of Terry Gordy and Greg, the hammer Valentine. I wrote here in my notes, Valentine likely putting over the du- new duo. I can't see Gordy having to do the job. He's still here tomorrow. Right. So uh, most likely, unless it was a DQ and it's just not acknowledged. Well, if you guys are digging the team of Reed and Wells and they go over here on a, a monster team like Valentine and Gordy, uh, don't get your hopes up because Wells, he's here into November, but Butch Reed going to be gone sometime in the month of August. So enjoy it while it lasts. As we go on, it's finally here. We've heard about it over and over from Jay Youngblood. Here we go. Superfly Jimmy Snuka defeating Jay Youngblood. Indian revenge? More like Fijian revenge, Prada. Yeah, this still doesn't make sense. Bring him in <laughs> just to... The job, I mean, you're not really getting Snooka over. It's, no. George Scott was awful on this one. I don't know what the angle was going on over there in Mid-Atlantic at this point. I don't, you know, without going and looking what Jay was doing, wrapped around this, sandwiched around this brief few weeks here in Georgia. But maybe it was George Scott giving Jay something to do because they were cool with each other. And it didn't really have to make a lot of sense in, in Scott's mind, just giving Jay some work here. Because you're right, it's the big buildup. You broke my leg. I'm coming for revenge. Snuka goes over. It doesn't really do anything for anybody involved. Meanwhile, the entire time they've been selling a Gordy Snuka tag team on TV. Kind of, this is an afterthought outside of Jay Youngblood's world. Right. It wasn't Jay just um, coming off a short run in Portland at this time? Uh, I know he worked Portland in the early 80s. I can't say for certain when exactly when, when it was. Maybe this was just a quick stop before he goes back to Mid-Atlantic. Could be. Could be because we know he's there for certain quite a bit. As uh, we continue on, it's the rematch. Bruiser Brody taking on Blackjack Mulligan, this time in a no DQ, no count out, no time limit matchup. Brody again going to defeat Blackjack, this time using a foreign object pulled out of the trunks. And uh, guess what, guys? We're not done yet. I talked about him coming back again. Next time around, it's going to be a Texas street fight. Now, I have no idea what the differences are between a street fight and a no DQ match, but I guess we'll find out as this feud will continue. Well, they'll probably show up in their jeans and T-shirts for the street fight. Well, you know, Brody, I hate to spoil anything, but on the next episode, when we get to the following week of TV, I know Mulligan's going to bitch and complain about Brody having to pull something out of his tights. But I was arguing, well, Blackjack, it's it's no disqualification. But I guess in the street fight, they're, they're selling it more like, well, we can use weapons now. You know, it was no disqualification, but he wasn't expecting him to pull out brass knots. Well, should expect the unexpected with Bruiser Brody. 
Yeah, but we are talking about Blackjack Mulligan here. <laughs> I don't know if Blackjack needed brass knucks with those ham hocks. Well, he didn't have his son here to you know keep an eye on his back. <laughs> uh, we go on. A couple of title matches got to close the show here in the Omni, Jamie, including Georgia heavyweight champion Ken Patera once again defeating Wildfire Tommy Rich. Now, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we get a little footage on this one. I don't know the finish in, in the, the rematch here. We know Patera defeated Rich last time. Rich's foot was under the rope. Referee Scrappy McGowan missed it, called the three, and Patera became the new champion. How Patera goes over here in the rematch, I'm uncertain, but we do know he will retain the title. Sounds like the perfect ending to have a um, handful of trunks after a roll-up. That was a classic Patera oh, what did What did Patera say? Win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. Always cheat. There you go. So I'm sure there was some kind of cheating so, going on somewhere. So Tommy should have been ready for it. It's his own fault. Yep, absolutely. As uh, we head off to the main event, Battle of the Baby Faces, it's NWA World Heavyweight Champion, the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, defeating Ted DiBiase. And I simply wrote in my notes, I got to see this. I hope this exists somewhere. Will it ever see the light of day? Probably not. But man, I would love to see these two go at it. Somebody has to have it because supposedly these Omni cards were recorded, maybe not in high def video that they had back then, but at least 16 millimeter. I understand all these were filmed and maybe they're laying in Ole Anderson's basement or something. Yeah, well, you, you know, Vince got a hold of them and they did put two or three of them out there on the WWE network, including the last Battle of Atlanta, which was thought to be lost forever. So there's always hope, right? Yeah, there's always hope. Now, Ted DiBiase, guys, uh, for those curious, he's going to be gone here before the end of August uh, and back to that long run on top in the Mid-South Territory. But what could have been here, Ted DiBiase, even if shortly the world heavyweight champion? And that's the way that we've all heard it was supposed to turn out, but right. it didn't. And we got Big Dustin, and there was nothing wrong with Big Dustin. No, Dusty Rhodes is certainly— Before right. turning things over to Flair, mm -hmm. because he still drew money here and in Florida, and he makes some appearances— in Mid-Atlantic, but he's more or less an afterthought on the Mid-Atlantic arts. Well, I got to be honest with you. I thought George Scott's booking when he first got here was a little iffy. But when you look at the card, you can't really screw this up too much when you got all of these names here. Dusty and DiBiase, Patera and Tommy Rich, Brody and Mulligan, Jimmy Snooker, even Jay Youngblood's a, a solid name. Whether his promos are solid or not, that's another question. But Gordy and, and teaming with Greg Valentine, you're bringing Valentine in for a one-night job. I mean, uh, King Kong Mosca coming through the town. Your opener, you know, has the brand new Bruno Jr. out there. The Gibson's still here for a little bit anyway. Solid two opening matches right there. I mean, yeah. WWF would have given you Frankie Williams against uh, Tony Altamari. You know, something, oh, no, you know no, something, thank you. something like that. The first several WWF uh, matches were always dogs. This, <laughs> oh. isn't, this isn't necessarily a dog because French Angel's still uh, very serviceable at this point. And, well, and, and, then, and then you have the Gibsons and, and right. Duggan's still learning. And team them up with Brian St. John. It's that's a team that could have got a push back in in the proper situation. Yeah, the, and St. John. the makeshift tag teams back in the day before they had to have matching gear and and cute names and, and this that and the other. It would have been a different dynamic. Both guys, Doug and the big burly guy, and, and Brian St. John, more of the the typical wrestling looking dude out there. And I think together that would have worked pretty good. But the Gibson brothers very underrated in their in their history because a lot of it was pre videotape. There was not a lot of them out there as uh, teaming up. So this is kind of near the end of their run together. But Ricky Gibson eventually going to get that knee injury. I think it was his knee. He's out for quite a while. He tries to work here and there. He'll get a, a run in the Mid-South in the mid-80s. Dusty will even do, I don't know if he's doing Robert Gibson a solid, or maybe he owed Ricky Gibson a favor from somewhere back in the day. But he'll bring Ricky in and, and give him a different last name for Crockett, call him Ricky Lee Jones. I like right. that name, Ricky Lee Jones. 
don't want to make allude to the the brother the the relationship British, yeah, the relationship. Thank you, Jamie, between uh, Robert and Ricky there in Crockett. So he, he gets a, a few runs still uh, underneath, but it, it's good to see Ricky Gibson here, who Jim Cornette and a few others have said probably one of the greatest baby faces of all time that nobody knows about. Right. He'd gotten in a car accident, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a car accident. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is you know, it's just unfortunate what could have been for his career, uh, at least, you know, back in that time frame. But yeah, I'm just looking at this card, top to bottom, a fun, fun card there in the Omni. So things are really picking up now. Just a quick spoil, guys, for some of the matches upcoming in the uh, maybe I think it's the next Omni show. We're going to do Brody and Mulligan again, but I think Dusty going to defend the title against Ken Patera at that point as well. Yes, I, I believe you're correct. I'm not looking at it, but I believe you're correct. And, it, and he should. He's the Georgia champion. And uh, one last spoiler here this week, Jamie. Next week or next time we return here for Georgia 81 on the Regional Wrestling Podcast, we're also going to see the return of one of your most favorites, well, I'm talking about Michael P.S. Hayes. We'll be back in the Georgia studios. Shh. We got Well, <laughs> we want to draw a crowd, Jamie, so we got to let him know it's coming. Well, he's he's coming. And like I said, if you think I liked Michael Hayes before, we're about to take Michael Hayes to a whole new level. Well, things are going to get good because I actually already watched that promo when I went and found my version, my copy of that episode because the quality was so much better. But Michael Hayes, man, the promo that he cuts on his return. Now, this is where the spoiler is going to end. But, man, was it a thing of beauty. Yeah, I will encourage everyone, go find the July 18th Georgia Championship mm-hmm. Wrestling. Hopefully you put it up on your YouTube page, Ray. It, it is a great interview by Michael Hayes that's coming. And on this July 18th show will be the first of many awesome Michael Hayes promos. If you loved him as a heel, you're going to be like me. You're going to love him as a face even more because Michael's here until after the new year and the promos are just going to keep coming and coming. It's been years since I went back and listened to these promos. So I was a little eh, trepidatious uh, about how good these were going to be. But I only heard, I only listened to the first one in detail and it's like a four or five minute promo, but when it ends, it does not feel like you've been sitting there listening to someone talk for five minutes. It's an amazing promo. So I'm, I'm with Jamie, guys. I strongly encourage you guys to go find this on YouTube. And, of course, listen to the next episode when we break it down as well. We'll have the, uh, the soundbite right here for you on uh, Regional Wrestling, too. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's what we're here for. Break all the action down, right? Well, that's going to wrap it up here this week, Jamie. Uh, another fun weekend of uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling. I knew we weren't going to get two weekends in with all of the, the sound bites, but also, hey, it was the holidays. The 4th of July, a special episode of GCW. And it was well worth it. And between that and the Omni show, what a way for me to begin. Oh, speaking of the Omni, I had to wait until the following Saturday to find out what happened. Yeah. That was no good. <laughs> At least when we get it later into 1982, they come up with that telephone number that you could call on Sunday nights to find out the results of the Omni show. Ah, the hotline. There you go. That works. Where it would cost two or three bucks long distance. And my parents said it was fine as long as I was calling after 11. Oh, wow. That's pretty damn cool. You had some damn good parents, Jamie Ward. Yes, I did. (laughs) Unfortunately, they're not with us anymore. Sorry to hear that. I lost my grandparents as well. Yeah, it was it was good. We always have good memories, you know, growing up with the uh, the wrestling and, the, and then your your parents kind of hanging around. Maybe they weren't the fan that you were, but I just I have little specific memories like you have shared here as well with uh, something they did or said, you know, while I'm watching wrestling. So it kind of tied together well, for me. Hey, every Saturday night from here up through 1984, 
I'm usually watching Georgia Championship Wrestling with my mom. And if my dad's home and he was a professional photographer, mm-hmm. if he wasn't covering a wedding that day, he was all three of us were watching Georgia Championship Wrestling. Well, my grandmother was around me enough to uh, know half of the wrestlers' names. She didn't watch it, but she certainly knew the wrestlers, some of the characters and what, whatnot. Now, my grandfather on the other end, he was awesome because he, except for football season, every once in a while, I just wasn't watching prime time and, and later raw because uh, I didn't get cable in my room until eh, maybe maybe 94 or something like that. But um, living room was his, you know, that was his domain. <laughs> so <laughs> at, at nighttime, it was his TV. But God bless him. He used to get up from watching what they called Jessica, which was murder. She wrote. They called it Jessica. Okay, and uh, and it, as it was going off, you know, uh, 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 up next Monday Night Raw was, you know, and my grandpa would just get up every night, tell that story every Monday. He'd get up and leave the room to let me let me watch. Well, it was prime time, and then eventually Raw. So they, right. they you know, little sacrifices they made that probably the generation before them never would have. No, not at all. <laughs> but hey, I'm sure we're not the only ones that had our parents supporting our um, our hobbies. Yeah, until it became an obsession, I think my grandfather wasn't so much supportive anymore at that point with me. But that's all right, you know. Some of us get <laughs> too obsessed with wrestling, I guess. Then I found girls, Jamie, and you know, I kind of you know weighed everything out after that. Well, that that's kind of what you know happened <laughs> happened with me. I I think most people know <laughs> Tom and I were we were part of the Dennis Carluzzo posse for five or six years. Sure. Uh, Tom continued on with Dennis, but after you know I got married. I just kind of drifted away and kind of lost touch with Dennis at that point. And that, but hey, that's what happens. You you can't do everything in life. That's like Sinatra said. That's life. And uh, but hey, we're here now. We're still talking about the good old days. Exactly. And my wife supports me a hundred percent in doing this podcast stuff. She actually gets a kick out of it. And you know, of course, she leaves, but she'll come down and walk (laughs) through with a big smile on her face. And you know, she she encourages me to to go to these fan fests and stuff like that. Right on. Yeah. Well, you, you guys are going to have a good time here soon with the Fan Fest. Barry Rose Fan Fest, the weekend of April the 20th. Guys, be sure to be there. It's the uh, Grapple Con. Barry Rose and Captain Nick Massey putting that one together. Lots of great names going to be there. Jeez, uh, Mark Lawrence is even going to be there from uh, world-class fame. So it's going to be a fun time. Yeah, Brian Adias, Mad Maxine, Missy Hyatt. I can't think of everybody. Al Perez. One Man Gang, Ron Simmons, uh, Stan Hansen. I just saw Hansen was added to the... Uh, to the bill. So that's, yeah, how awesome is I, that? I, I've never met Hanson, so it will be, uh, be a treat for me to meet him for the first time. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, like, that's like one of my, uh, my bucket lists, I guess, if I had to have one, it, he would certainly be one of the few that are still out there. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that, but yeah, we're going to be there. You guys should too. Bob Roop talked to him yesterday on the phone. He says he's going to try to find a way to get down there himself. So it could be a really fun weekend. How oh, beautiful. I'd love to meet Bob Roop. But uh, as for now, guys, we're going to wrap things up. I got to go get my son off the bus and other things to do here, Jamie. So we're going to close up shop here. I just appreciate you putting another one in here. Happy to have Georgia rolling into the month of July now. Next time we come back around, should be able to take care of another two weeks. And I think there's another OmniCard upcoming, not too far as well. Yeah, the the only other thing I want to say is uh, Mm -hmm. if people get a chance, check out the other ship podcast with Michael Herrick, Drew Samuels, Chris Spiker, and William Merriweather. Not only do they talk wrestling, Matter of fact, I just uh, recorded an episode with them last night that will be out shortly, much before this one probably will. But they talk all other kind of topics. Recently, we did a we talked about Christmas TV shows, Christmas movies, and the last two shows that they had were talking about like the evolution of rap and hip hop and um, 
Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, they're all over the place. So if you're a music guy or just anything, you never know what these guys are going to talk about. Yeah. Give them a listen on the other, other shit podcast. If you just like to hear a bunch of guys uh, having fun talking about a, a topic, that's definitely a place to go. I, I strongly encourage you guys to check out the other ship and just really good guys who offered to try to give me a little help with some graphic designing and things as well recently on Facebook. So appreciate those guys out there. Shout out to the other ship as well as uh, Barry Rose and the GrappleCon upcoming. Be sure to be a part of that. Look that stuff up online as well. It's uh, coming uh, April 20th, the weekend of April 20th. So uh, until next time, Jamie, I just appreciate you doing this with me and uh, looking forward to tackling more of July. And I know you're looking forward to the next episode because it's the return of a baby face, Michael Hayes. Hey, and next episode, I want the Steve O song that you played on the Memphis cast. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll that, that, that we'll has to, to make a debut on this one because our audience missed it. Yeah. Well, the Georgia audience may have missed it. Perhaps. Yes. It's, it's don't, please don't build it up though. I was just having a little fun. The, uh, yeah, the Steve-O, the Steve-O uh, song set to cult of personality. It's Mr. Personality. We'll, we'll, we'll make it happen. And your singing voice was excellent, right? <laughs> I was just messing around, but yeah, I, I can sing a little bit when I want to. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up here this week. Jamie Ward, thank you once again. Uh, my pleasure, Ray. If you want me, just put up the bat signal. Will do. All right, guys, it's going to wrap it up here this week. Want to thank Jamie once again. And of course, you guys can follow me, Ray Russell, on X at Wrestling Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Also, Facebook.com slash Wrestling Grenade. And we'll be back soon with more of that Georgia 81, Memphis 85, and UWF 86 right here on the Regional Wrestling Podcast, where we talk the territories. Mm-hmm.